everybody, Mike Dempsey here for Underdog Fantasy, who are handing out $1 million in giveaways on Super Bowl Sunday. All you need is a verified Underdog account to be eligible. So sign up for Underdog Fantasy and see if you win this Sunday. Underdog Fantasy, don't forget to use promo code 1010XL. Lauren and RJ, The Frangie Show, starts now on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Hey, welcome and glad you're along for the ride. We are live at Cantina Rio. It's the Riverhouse on the JU campus, and JU in Central Arkansas will play tonight in an Atlantic Sun basketball game, and we love coming out here to JU. We love JU. We love UNF. It's one of my favorite times of year. Gorgeous night, oh. a gorgeous day today. My goodness, it's nice out there today. And we love being on the road with you here on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Frank Frangie, he's Carlion. Lauren Brooks on location. RJ Saunders back at World Headquarters. So much to do today. Um, I'm going to get the hoop in a minute because I love being out here. But a big day for Fred Taylor. A big day for possibly for Fred Taylor, at least to find yeah. out uh, uh, the next step in his pursuit of the uh, – uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame. Yeah, ho- hopefully Fred gets in tonight. That would obviously be extraordinary, uh, a magical night. Um, you know, if, if it doesn't happen, it'll be interesting in the next couple days to find out some information about how close did it feel in the room. Uh, you know, voters will, will start doing interviews and, and so forth, and we won't get, like, hard, you know, numbers. Uh, but, but a lot of times you can gauge momentum uh, from how the conversations went and – uh, so we'll see. Ho- hopefully it won't matter. Hopefully he is uh, um, on his way to being inducted, and hopefully he gets word tonight at the NFL Honors. Uh, it was certainly a thrill for the fan base when uh, Tony Baselli got in a couple years ago, and it would be magnificent if Fred Taylor joined him. Yeah, I don't know if he'll get in tonight, obviously, but I feel like anyone who's voting, we've talked about this, you put his highlight film on and you're going to vote for him. And if it's not tonight, it, it better be soon because he's certainly worthy. Yeah, I, I absolutely worthy. I don't know if he gets in tonight. I hope he does. Um, but he damn sure belongs in. I, I, I am not just being a homer. I know I'm a homer, and we're homers around here, and I, I've never denied that. But he belongs in. If, if Fred Taylor isn't a good enough football player to be in the Hall of Fame, they shouldn't have a Hall of Fame. If he's not a good enough player to be in the damn Hall of Fame, I'm telling you. But I, all the cliches put on the tape. Watch him. If he, he, Fred Taylor belongs in the dang Hall of Fame. I'm, I'm telling you, he belongs in the dang Hall of Fame. I think we would feel this way, Hayes, if Fred Taylor had played for another team. Like we're obviously talking about him because he played for the Jaguars. But if he played for, I'm just going to name the Eagles, I think we'd still be like, that was one of the most electrifying players I ever saw play in the National Football League. Yeah, I mean, I'll say it's a, it's a deep class. It's a deep group. You know, I, 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 you know, I think if Reggie Wayne played here, if Julius Peppers played here, if Devin Hester mm-hmm. played here, uh, Jared Allen uh, Patrick Willis. Yeah, I agree. I, agree. I think we'd be pounding the table saying this is a guy that's got to be in. Uh, so, I, I mean, I, I get your point, but I, I, I don't think Fred Taylor's leaps and bounds better than the other finalists. Yeah. I, think, I think he is on par with them, and my hope is he gets in because five guys will, uh, but, but I, I don't know uh, for sure that it's going to happen. I agree with both your points. 
Um, yeah, it's a great class. It, it, this is a, this will be a good five man person class, no matter who, how, which ones get in. I forgot Antonio Gates. Yeah, it's it's, mean, it's a it's a real a it's a really good candidate. It's a great ballot. There's no question. It's a great ballot. And Lauren, I don't know if we'd be talking about it as much in other markets because I just don't know if we would be as aware. I think the the thing that hurt Fred Taylor the most and continues to hurt him is awareness. Not how good he was. Not what his numbers were. Not his talent. Not the years he played. None of that. Uh, I mean, he. He averaged 4.6 yards a carry eight years. The only other person ever did that is Jim Brown. So the numbers are there. The talent's there. The ability's there. It's the awareness. It hurt Tony Baselli. People weren't aware of Tony until he was on the ballot so much and talked about so much and talked about how he missed so much. And people finally came, started coming out saying, hey, I mean, Tony Baselli should have been, way, been in way before he was. He's a great player. One of the best football players I've ever seen in my life. Should have been in. But the, he, he – the whole small market and success on the field and all that worked against him. Yeah, but the length the, of career. Length for sure. of, and length yeah. and for Tony, Tony for sure, length of career. But but he finally got in because there was so much talk about how's Tony Baselli not in yet, and that g- helped get him in. And he should have been in way before that. I'm, I'm, I'm a firm, and that's but apart from Tony being my buddy, I just really believe that. Same with Fred. If Fred doesn't, I hope he gets in tonight. But if Fred doesn't get in tonight, he'll ultimately get in whether it's next year, or the year after, or whenever. It's hard to get in your first year as a finalist. It just is. But he'll get in at some point. Because at some point there will be enough people saying, how in the world is this guy not in? That started already for him. That, that, the how in the world's Fred not in campaign has already begun. It, it's, it's loud here because we're, this is Fred's place. But I, I believe that's already – I do believe that's already begun. I believe there's been some of that. And I think ultimately there will be more and more of it. I hope he gets in tonight, but if not, I think he's going there. I do think his podcast has helped him become relevant once again in the mind of a lot of people who may have forgotten about Fred. Yeah, I, 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 I do too. So, so, so we'll see. So I'm, um, I, I'm hopeful for Fred. I really am. I'm hopeful for Fred, and we'll talk about that a lot today. Make our case one more time. We'll talk some hoops today. Ju in Central Arkansas. I've been giving up on Ju. They're two and seven, but it's got to start now, Hayes. Got to win tonight. It, it, it's got got to win tonight, and got the role they've got to get on begins now. Yeah, and 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 they should win tonight, uh, despite the the two and seven conference record, despite being in eleventh place in this league. Uh, Central Arkansas has lost four of five. Uh, Vegas has installed JU as a six-and-a-half-point favorite tonight. That's pretty substantial in college basketball. So, uh, so this is one the Dolphins need to get, uh, and uh, hopefully they will. Right the ship, as you mentioned in the handoff, they've got a uh, backloaded home schedule, which will be very helpful. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's certainly not too late, but it, it would be a debacle if they don't win tonight. If, yeah. if they don't win this game against yeah. this opponent that's really struggling. Uh, I mean, Central Arkansas, again, they're four and five in the league. Uh, so this is, again, this is, a, a, this is a, a team JU is chasing, but they come in, the Bears come in with no momentum at all. Yeah. I mean, they've, like I said, lost four or five. And, uh, and JU's been good in this building. They're eight and one at home this year. So uh, I've, I firmly expect JU will play one of their better games that we've seen in conference play this year and, and get the win tonight. All right, so we're going to talk about Fred today. We're going to talk about JU. I'm going to, talk about, I'm going to make a point about Kyle Shanahan today. I'm going to talk about play-by-play broadcasters, one of my favorite topics, Brooks, just in case you're wondering, just saying. Um, the recruiting rankings are out. Hayes, I want you to weigh in on that. On three has their final rankings out. I guess 24-7 probably does too. Yeah. I've yeah. seen the on three one so far. What a game last night in the SEC, huh? Whew. Auburn is really good. Really good. So, uh, obviously, they'll play Florida uh, Saturday in Gainesville, and that'll be a tremendous test for the Gators. But I thought Alabama got exposed a little bit, and Florida still plays Alabama twice. Yeah. So, there's some things from Alabama's side of it 
that I think gives you a little bit of confidence. They, they did not handle Auburn's height well at all. And Nate Oates kind of lamented after the game, and, and the Alabama media was pretty critical that Alabama is certainly super talented, but they're so small. And uh, a team with size like Auburn and like Florida – uh, Auburn gave, I mean, just destroyed them last night. And it, it at least gives you some hope that Florida, with their size, can maybe get a split. If Florida can split against Alabama, even if they lose to Auburn, those three games, if they could go one and two in those three games, uh, it would really, really help their NCAA resume. Yeah, I think so, too. And, and you're right. You can, you can have the better team. I'm not saying Alabama has the better team than Florida, but he might, they might. But you can have the better team, but not match up well. Cause right. It's kind of your point, and it kind of. And so, so we'll yeah, see. Yeah, it's almost and, like from Alabama, a Gator standpoint, you hope that's how it plays out. Yeah, remember when it's almost like Alabama is like Villanova when Horford and Noah took them out in the Elite Eight. Yes, yes, with yes. all the size. Right. It almost was watching. It right. felt like that a little last and, night, and, and laid it to them. Oh yeah, and and laid, I mean, that, I, I remember that Final Four when when Florida won it, probably should have lost to Georgetown. Yes. Jeff Green missed a, a three, a wide open three at the, at the from the top of the key. Just missed it. That would have beaten them. Then played Villanova, the one seed, the team that was, no one was supposed to be, enrolled them. Right. For the reason you said. Yeah. So, so, so matchups. We'll certainly talk about them. RJ, I'm going to talk about the Boston Celtics tonight. What do you think about that? What do you think about me making a Boston Celtics comment tonight, RJ? I want your thoughts. Disgusting. <laughs> I get it. And that. What and, if it's a negative comment yeah. about the Celtics? Oh, are we doing that? Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. but, but here's the beauty of that. Here's the beauty of that. And RJ and I didn't plan this beforehand. The beauty of the Boston Celtics, if you follow the NBA at all, or if you want to, the beauty of the Boston Celtics is I promise you if I'd have said the Knicks or the Pacers or the Heat, he wouldn't have said disgusting. But if I say the Celtics to a Lakers fan oh, yeah. or vice versa, which is why the Celtics being good is so good. The Celtics who were really good is really So we'll certainly talk about that. I'm going to ask you, Hayes Carline and Lauren Brooks, your favorite sports performer, favorite athlete in a movie. Anna Kornikova. Was she in a movie? She had a cameo. She wouldn't even have to be, would she? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she, she trumps the need for the movie. She was in Me, Myself, and I. Okay, I was going to say, she trumps the need for the movie. She trumps the need for the movie in the movie category. So she beats out Kathy Ireland? Oh, that'd be a good one, too. You know what? Well said. Well, yeah, hang on a second. Yeah. Let me add to my list real quick here. <laughs> hang on. Yeah, we have some adjustments. <laughs> yeah, we have a couple adjustments there. Your favorite, your favorite character, in a favorite sports character in a movie. I got a lot of them. In, in That's one, good. And, and I can I'm, I'm explain some why. It's all that coming up today uh, a little bit like that. But I want to start with this. I'm going to start with the Super Bowl, and I'll get to some broadcast, Super Bowl broadcasters in a minute before we go to our first break. Is it possible Kyle Shanahan is a great coach and goes on to be? Absolutely. I mean, is he maybe – is he maybe – no one's – I mean, I mean, over the last number of years, everyone said, yeah, good young coach. He and Sean McVay, the two good young – they're the two good young coaches. But I want I, – the Rams never felt sustainable, and it proved that they weren't. This feels sustainable to me. Do you feel that way? Well, yeah, and I think the fact that he's unlocked this Mr. Irrelevant, Brock Purdy, and turned him into possibly a really high-quality NFL starter speaks to his offensive acumen as a coach. So – you know, if they're able to win Sunday, I, I think there was a little bit of a, yeah, but he's, he's here because of his dad because Mike was so There was great exactly and, that. There was exactly you know, is that. Is Kyle really that good, or is he sort of riding his dad's coattails? And he's proven that, no, he's, he's, he's a fantastic head coach. And uh, obviously he learned a lot from his dad, but that's, that's a good thing. And, uh, and he's really uh, applied it in his own method to running his own program, and he's done a magnificent job. I mean, I, 
Again, it helps that the NFC is so weak, but it's hard for me to imagine that the 49ers won't be right back in the thick of this uh, the next two or three years. And if the 49ers win, it's because Kyle Shanahan was able to outsmart Steve Spagnuolo and a defense that is so incredibly talented. I mean, one of the best defenses we saw all season long. If his team wins, that means they beat that defense. You know what else it'll mean? It'll mean he beat Patrick Mahomes with Brock Purdy, too. And, I, and, and by the way, Brock Purdy, we've, we've had this conversation all week long, might be way better than everyone's giving him credit for. But in the court of public opinion, he will have just beaten Patrick Mahomes with Brock Purdy. Mm-hmm. He's already favored against Patrick Mahomes with Brock Purdy. So we'll see if it plays out the way. So we've got a lot to do. I want to start with the Super Bowl broadcasters. Uh, uh, i got a question for you involving uh, play-by-play broadcasters in the Super Bowl era. That's next. That's how we'll kick off the program. It's 1010XL and 92.5 FM. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. It's an old rock Thursday. Music the way it should be, or at least used to be, on The Frangie Show. Yeah, I was always a crazy one, broke into the stadium, and I wrote your number on I'm gonna the 50-yard line. You knew what was coming today? This broke my heart that we lost Toby Keith uh, this week. Big, big Toby Keith fan. So you're going to hear a lot of Toby Keith today on Old Rock Thursday. And yes, it's not rock. If you haven't figured this out now in the 15 years we've been doing this, Old Rock Thursday isn't always rock, but it's always music, okay? Is that safe? Yeah, and Old Rock Thursday sounds better than Music Thursday. Right, right. So Old Rock Thursday started out as Old Rock, and now it's uh, still sometimes it's Old Rock. I really like Toby Keith. Toby Keith, we, uh, you probably know by now, it's been all over the news. Toby Keith uh, died this week of stomach cancer after a, after a really courageous fight with it. So Toby Keith today, all day long on Old Rock Thursday. It'll be Jim Nance and Tony Romo on the call. Um, if you could have... Anybody call this game, come back to life and call this game. I was going to ask you who you would pick, and then I realized without asking you, you would pick Summerall and Madden like I would. Yes. So I'm going to take them off the ballot. Okay. Because that's who we, that's who pretty much everybody would pick. Mm-hmm. I, if we did a poll, it would be, al- it would almost be unanimous. Would you agree with that? I would. Yeah. If you're. If you're our pr- age, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But but I mean, well, that's right. You have yeah. to know who they are. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Good point. If you've never heard of, you probably yeah. couldn't pick them. But, <laughs> right. but I mean, a lot of people would pick some. Summerall and Madden would be the pick, right? So if you couldn't have Summerall and Madden calling the game, who would you want? And you don't have to narrow it to one. But give me a couple that give me a, a team, a few teams, or that you would like to have in their prime. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I might you mix have them in it prime. up. I'd love to hear Vern Lundquist, okay. even, even though okay. he's an S. But he did NFL. Uh, so I'll say Vern and uh, – Okay. Boy, for my color guy. You could have him call the game on Sunday. Yeah, for my color guy, who would I want? Um, boy, that's tough. It's very tough. Right. Dennis Miller. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'm drawing a blank you on my think color. On Vern Lundquist and uh, Vernon somebody. A, a color guy to be named Vernon later. somebody. How about if you could? If you, who would you have? If you could have anybody call the game and it wasn't and you can't. Summerall Madden is too easy. Yeah, we we would like, all take them. I like the college route because I also love Vern Lundquist. Um, Keith Jackson, I think, would translate. Uh, you know, you know, people say people are going to hear you say that. Oh, he was a college guy, he was right. a pro guy. 
But it would. But I'm, I'm with you. I, I'd be okay with Keith Jackson. I mean, Herb Street has now done both college and pro. So if a color person can yeah. do it, then absolutely a play-by-play person can do it. Dick Edinburgh is also really, really good. Did you look at my notes? You couldn't. No. I didn't write it down. <laughs> and I can't read your handwriting. <laughs> uh, so I no. But I can barely read my handwriting. <laughs> and I love Mike Tirico a lot. Um, and then I like Chris Collinsworth for color. Okay. You jump. You. J- I, I can't accuse her of reading because I didn't write it down. <laughs> I didn't write, and, and she, Lauren makes a good point. If I had written it down, she wouldn't have been able to read it. Not a chance. I'd like to hear Dick Enberg and Merlin Olson call the game. Now that's I'm, that's, I'm old, okay, and, and I, but I love Dick Enberg, and I, and I, when I did this, Summerall Madden's the answer. Yeah. There's there's really on, there's really only one answer. The truth is, if I put them on the ballot, I say there's no wrong answers. Well, actually, here there would be. Anybody else <laughs> other than that would be the wrong answer. It just would. It would be the wrong answer. But I would love to hear Dick Enberg again. God yeah. rest his soul. I, I would love to hear. Dick. I loved it. He called a handful of Super Bowls, didn't he? Oh yeah. He, he called Super Bowls, yeah. right? I mean, didn't he? Didn't he? I think he did. I mean, yeah. Kurt, Kurt Gowdy called the early ones. Mm-hmm. Kurt Gowdy and Ray Scott both called the first one because uh, I've told you this story before. Kurt Gowdy called it on NBC. Right. Ray Scott called it on CBS. They both televised it. That's incredible. And Ray Scott was a buddy of my dad's. Oh. So so the, so that was a big deal. And, and when I was a little kid, yeah. That my dad, that Ray was calling the game. Yeah, it was, a, it was a big deal. Ray calling the game was a big deal. You know, and Edinburgh so called eight of them. He did call. I, I thought so. That was, a dumb, that was a dumb comment that he called. Of course he has, but I, I just wasn't sure. So the he last called. one was 79. That's the last one he called? I think so. Oh, wow, that long ago. Okay. Well, no, sorry, that's not true. 1998. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, he, so he called some recently. So, um, yeah, so I, th- I think Edinburgh for me. I think Edinburgh for, for me. I, um, um, ben Scully did a little football. But it's hard, for, hard to yeah. connect him to football, isn't it? I don't even know that I okay. ever heard him do right. football. Did, did Gifford, did the Monday Night Crew ever call one? I don't think so. I don't think Gifford and Meredith and Howard ever called a Super Bowl, did they? I don't think so. You would think they would because they had they, they used to rotate it around. But if they did, I don't remember it. Yeah. I, I, I think ABC might have had some. I think 1977. They did? They called the Super Bowl? That could be. I don't know. I, they could. Or they did one. I, I'm not sure what, exactly what year. So Because it says it would be the only Super Bowl Gifford would call play-by-play. Okay, so he did uh, one. He did one. So uh, are you old enough to appreciate Gifford as play-by-play or no? No. Probably not. Probably not. Yeah, okay. Do you no. think a couple years ago before the criticism came for Romo, people would have answered a little yeah. bit more modern-day oh, oh, for the way, Nance and Romo? I think Jim Nance is – look, listen. I love Nance and Phil Sims. I thought Nance and Sims were terrific. Mm-hmm. I, I, I guess they decided Sims wasn't good anymore and they got rid of him. And, and remember, Romo, Romo replaced Sims, right? There, was yeah. any, there wasn't anybody in between. And I was fine with that. I thought Sims was a little outdated. Yeah, Nance yeah. is great. Yeah. I, I, but I thought it was time to move on from You did? Sims, yeah. So. I, thought, I, thought, I thought, I mean, I, Phil Sims to me was a little bit of the Johnny Miller of football. But I, I thought Nance and Sims. Yeah, you're, good point, though, Lauren. All of a sudden, everyone's criticizing Romo, so, so they don't get – Correct. The, the, but you're right about that. Jim Nance is still Jim Nance. Listen, I'll take Bucket Aikman all day. I'll, I'll take Bucket Aikman. Bucket Aikman had to have called some Super Bowls in their Fox days. They had to have, right? Bucket Aikman. Oh, yeah. They, they called a lot of Super Bowls. I'll bet, I'll bet he called nine or ten That's Super Bowls, wouldn't you think? think? Absolutely. I mean, right now, right now, today – Buck has called six. Okay, so yeah. So Aikman had to be just about on all those. I'm I'll, assuming. Yeah. And by, right today, I'll take Bucket Aikman over any of them. I would take sure. I would take Buck and Aikman right now. As far as calling football, you will call this blasphemous, Lauren. It may affect our friendship. <laughs> so many things have so. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> but I would call. I would call. I might take Buck and Aikman over Fowler and Herbstreit calling a game. Wow. 
I really? absolutely would. Yeah, you, you, you don't like Fallon Herbs and Coal? They're okay. Yeah, I, I think they're really good. But yeah, I, I, but really I, but I take Buck and Aikman, I take Buck and Aikman over them, I think. Have y'all seen that video? That I don't remember exactly why they were doing it, but Fowler and Herb Street are like dancing. Yeah, that, that, in yeah, the it's, they from, it's when the, Alabama yeah. hit the fourth and thirty-one. That's right, right. right against yeah. Auburn. I knew it was yeah. recent, but I couldn't remember exactly what it was. Yeah, when showing them in the booth doing that, so I can understand why people would be like, I don't know about this. Yeah. Uh, what about like Jack Buck? Because uh, I don't have recollection. I don't remember him of enough. Him. To yeah, yeah. Jack Buck was good. Jack Buck. I always remember Jack Buck more for baseball. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I'll, Jack Buck to me will always be the guy that said, "I can't believe what I just saw right. that, the, with the Kirk mm-hmm. Gibson home run." That that'll always be Jack Buck to me. But but I was just thinking about. It. I mean, I'm, I'm getting. I mean, I'm getting. I'm telling. You, I'm getting excited about this Super Bowl. I, I I I dare I say more. I don't know why more about this one than previous ones. I can't put a finger on it. Mm-hmm. Just the previous Super Bowls haven't. Move the needle for me the way this one has during the week, and, and I, we always love the Super. We love the NFL. It, it's 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 the, the crowning achievement of the NFL. It's the last game. It's 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 everything perfect about football, but for some reason, they haven't moved the needle for me as much as this one has. Uh, this one is I, I am really ex- for all the for all number one. I do think it's the two best teams. I don't think it's somebody that got hot. I think it's the two best teams. I. As much as I pulled for the Ravens, I'm glad the Chiefs are in it now because I know they're the enemy, but sometimes you need Goliath for the movie. To, you you got to have the villain for the movie to be good, don't you? You know, I mean, the, the, the best movies have the best villains. Yes. I, I'm, I'm really I'm, – honest. this Super Bowl has got me about as geeked up as I've been I think a from a competitive standpoint, it's about as good a matchup as we've had in a long time. And will the game live up to it? We'll see. But I, I think it will. I think it's going to be fantastic. They asked us to do a prediction with a, a you know, a big, you know, take or whatever on, <laughs> hot you know, take. hot take on how <laughs> it'll go. And I think it comes right down to a walk-off field goal. I think, I think Harrison Buckner kicks a 47-yard field goal at the horn and the Chiefs win 23-20. Now, there won't be the pressure because they're not going to be behind, but it's – so it's only going to be to avoid overtime. But – uh but, but I that'd think, be a great game. But I think that's the game we're getting. I think we're getting one right down to the wire. And uh, I, I think I'm not overly excited about the matchups because it's just not who I wanted to see in there, and it's hard for me to get past that. But from a just competitive standpoint, I, I, I don't know that you could do much better than Patrick Mahomes going against all those talented 49ers. Yeah, it, as you go down both rosters, we always talk about how the 49ers roster is loaded. The Chiefs roster is too. It's just more defensively like we were talking about. And so you don't necessarily pay attention to Legarius Sneed as much or Trent McDuffie, but they're fantastic players. If they played here, we'd talk all about how good their secondary is. So, yeah, I think there's a reason you're excited. And also you've got Usher at halftime. I know you're a big Usher Well, fan. there's Usher too. You, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was excited. <laughs> Look, I'm excited without even getting to Usher, okay? <laughs> So you throw that in, Carlion. It's going to be big. Yeah, the uh, the uh, you know how many Usher songs I know? None. Really, you know an Usher song. Well, if I heard you know, it, I'd, yeah. If I heard it, I'd I'm know sure it. you would know that. Okay, well, I'm just telling you, I don't. I can't yeah. run off. If you'd asked me, Frank, run off some, I'd have got to zero. Yeah, zero is where I'd have gotten to. I don't know. Well, if, if today was anything other than Old Rock Thursday, I'd say we could come back with nah, it I mean, to prove it. We, 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 we got stuff. We, we got stuff. Keith. We got stuff to do today. So, but anyway, anyway uh, I'm excited about the game. I think uh, you made a good point, Lauren. Nance and Rome will be just fine. We'll talk more today and, of course, all day tomorrow about the matchups and the keys and what will, what will determine the game. Lord knows we've been doing it all week long. I love the fact that it's that Mahomes, even at 27 years old, is the villain, uh, that Brock Purdy, who's not much younger, 
is is David trying to slay Goliath. I love that. Uh, I like both coaches. I think Andy Reid and Kyle Shanahan are both really good coaches. I think Kyle Shanahan, I'm going to get to him a little bit later on in the program, but I think he is a, a, a real comer. I think there's – I think there's – I think Travis Kelsey and Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel are different than other players at their position. They're different. Is – as good as George Kittle is, and Travis Kelsey would tell you right now that Kittle's the best tight end going better than him, not for me. Not yet. Not yet. I, I, I mean, I, I think Travis Kelsey is, is a kind of special that we don't see in the league very often. I think one cool thing about the matchup is how the two teams were constructed. Obviously, we know about the Chiefs. Mahomes didn't go one. Mahomes fell, but the Chiefs traded up to go get him. They right, identified right. him as this is a special player. We're going to go get him, That's right. and they did it. They took Chris Jones in the third round. Uh, you know, Travis Kelsey wasn't a first-round pick. Those are their three stars. You look at San Francisco's side of it. Obviously, we've talked about Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, but go down their list. George Kittle was not a high draft pick. Uh, you, you look at uh, McCaffrey. They traded for a running back, which is like the cardinal sin right now in the NFL, even for a talented player. It's like, really? You're trading for a running back? It's worked out marvelously. Debo Samuel was like a third-round pick. So, They've done this by identifying mid to late round picks, and I think that's really cool. And in, in an era where everybody's pouring so much into the draft and trying to get it right, uh, these are two teams that had some spectacular mid to late round success and, it's a, and, and some first round success in terms of being aggressive to go get a guy that they really targeted and said, this guy is special. I mean, uh, what? How they got Mahomes is, I mean, it, it's remarkable. I mean, it, it's, it's such a testament to their front office that they said, this is our guy, mm-hmm. and we, even though we're pretty good, we've got to go and get this guy, and it's, it's led to a dynasty. I know. I've told you this story. I've said it on the air many times. We were getting ready to do draft. What, what, year, what year did they come out? What year is Mahomes from the draft? What year was 2017? It? Somewhere thereabouts, right? So, so late teens somewhere. We were doing our, getting ready to do our draft show. Um, on the network, on the Jags network. And Jeff Lagerman, who watches more tape than anybody, he's always watching tape. Lagerman said to me, he said, he has the best arm talent of any quarterback I've ever seen in the draft. And I said, more than the rest of this year, he said, no, Frank, more arm talent than any I've ever, since I've been doing this, since I've been evaluating tape, I mean, Jeff's, Jeff's career ended in the 90s, right? So, I mean, he's, done, he's been in a broadcaster ever since. So, we're talking 30 years' worth. He said, of anybody I've ever evaluated, Jeff Lagerman told me, best arm talent I've ever seen. And Jeff's not a guy that's prone to hyperbole, by the way. And I, and I kind of doubted him. I said, all right, I challenged it a little. I said, I don't think you mean ever. I mean, you probably weren't watching – you probably weren't evaluating tape when John Elway's going. He said, well, I wasn't. He said, but of guys I've evaluated – I've never seen arm talent like this. And I, and I remember saying, I, I remember, I, I tell Jeff, we kid about it all the time. I thought he was, uh, Jeff's not a grandstander, but I thought he got caught up in the moment. I thought it was, it was some recency bias. He said, Frank, it's not. It's not. It's the best arm. And he got with 10th, by the way. Nine teams, didn't, nine teams didn't believe Jeff Lagerman or didn't hear him, you know. He went 10th. Certainly not the Chicago Bears. <laughs> no, yeah. You know, so. Mitch so, Trubisky. Mitch Trubisky. Yeah. That's yeah. our guy. Yes. <laughs> but. But nonetheless, um, and, I, and, I, and Logs and I talk about that all the time. He hit it on the head. One of the great talents of all time. It's going to be a great Super Bowl. We'll talk more about it coming up. When we come back, though. Uh, I'm going to talk about the great Fred Taylor. Uh, Fred Taylor's got a chance tonight to, uh, to be one of five uh, new members of the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame. Will he get there? I don't know. Uh, should he get there? I do think he should. 
Uh, we'll talk about that after this. It's 1010XL and 92.5 FM. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. It's an old rock Thursday. Music the way it should be, or at least used to be, on The Frangie Show. I said I've been here a time or two. She said, hello, my name is Bobby Joe. Meet my twin sister, Betty Lou. And we're both feeling kind of wild tonight. You're the only cowboy in this place. And if you're up for a rodeo, I'll put a big Texas smile on your face. I said, girls, I ain't as good as I once was. Got a few years on me now. But of course, Toby Keith, who we lost earlier this week, is going to be the choice for Old Rock Thursday today. And as good as I once was, one of his all-time fantastic songs. But we are here to talk about another great, and that would be one Fred Taylor, who Frank has 11,695 yards, 17th all-time rushing in the NFL. In 2,534 attempts, in over 2,500 attempts, he averaged 4.6 yards per carry. Now, that's one thing to average that kind of yards per carry if you have 11 career attempts. 2,500 attempts, and he still averaged over four and a half a carry. I don't think people understand the significance of that stat. If, you, if you're in the stats... Those two, to, again. How many guys even did it this year yeah. in the league? Two? Probably. I mean, McCaffrey probably did. I don't think Derrick Henry did, and he was second in the, rushing the yardage. The only other player to ever do it, play eight years and do it, is Jim Brown. Right. The only other guy. Which is shocking because you would think Barry yeah. Sanders yeah. had to have So, so think much. about that for a second. Derrick yeah. Henry this year averaged 4.2. Okay. So, so. What did McCaffrey average? I will tell you in just a second. Oh, sorry. Yeah. No, you're fine. But, but your, your point, is, regardless what the number is, your point's yeah. dead on. Nobody does that. 5.4 for yeah, McCaffrey. He, he did it for his career. Right. And so, so again, we all, know, we all know the problems. I say problem. The reason he didn't get in. He played in an AFC with Curtis Martin and Jerome Bettis and Eddie George and, and Edger and James. And all those guys were on more prominent teams. They were all in the AFC. Back then, Pro Bowl was AFC versus NFC, and you only had three or four guys make it from the AFC, and those guys were all more well-known than Fred Taylor. That's the bottom line. And he did not, there was not an awareness because he wasn't in very many Pro Bowls. I'm not sure any of those guys were better players. Jerome Bettis is in the Hall of Fame, okay? I was a Steelers fan during all those years. I, I, was, I, was, I went to the Super Bowls. He wasn't as good as Fred Taylor. And, and I saw that from I, – I, I had both prisms on that one, okay? He wasn't. Curtis Martin's got all the numbers. He was not a better player than Fred Taylor. He wasn't. Um, I don't think Eddie George was a better player. Edron James was a really good player. Edron James, too, those four, Edron James, I think, was the best of the four players. But I'm not sure he was a better player than Fred Taylor. All four of those guys were, were seen on a regular basis, Hayes. They were in Pro Bowls on a regular basis because their teams did better. They were in bigger markets. They were more prominently recognized. And to, to this day, in my mind, that's what works against number 28. Yeah, and again, I think the biggest advocate for Fred will be his peers that have nothing to gain by Fred going in. I mean, we're not talking firm, former teammates of Fred's, 
we're talking about guys that had to tackle Fred. Ray Lewis, Derek Brooks that say he's absolutely one of the best I've ever gone against and he should absolutely be in the Hall of Fame. I mean, to me, that's the argument. I mean, the numbers are great. They're outstanding. But to me, the biggest asset Fred has is the guys that he went against that, are, that have been in Canton believe he should be in. And, I mean, again, I don't know how a, a media voter can sit there and say, well, I know more than Ray Lewis and Derek Brooks. He shouldn't be in. Well, that's ridiculous. I mean, the, 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 I mean it's, it's pr- how can you discount two of the greatest linebackers to ever do it that say he should be in? And they'd have nothing to gain by him being in. And, and so, you know, I'm eager to see how it shakes out tonight. But, yeah, Fred Taylor should absolutely be in. And, again, it helps him that I, it is a position that isn't going to produce multiple 17,000-yard backs. We may, we may not see it again. The other thing, too, that I would throw out there, if, if you got some pushback on the Pro Bowls uh, in the uh, discussion about Fred, you're going to run into the same problem with AFC quarterbacks in 15 years, 20 years. It's a great Look point. at all great the quarterbacks point. in the AFC now. Obviously, Mahomes is going to go to the Hall of Fame. Uh, but what about Josh Allen? What about Joe Burrow? What about Justin Herbert? What about Trevor Lawrence? What about Lamar Jackson? Like, somebody is going to be left out. Somebody isn't going to have as many Pro Bowls as you would like them to have because the depth is so tremendous. But you know a Hall of Fame player when you see it. And so that's the same thing that happened at the running back position in the AFC in Fred Taylor's career. So hopefully that will not be what what, uh, holds him back. Frank, to your point about the 4.6 yards per carry or better, there are only three backs that have at least 2,500 carries and average that are better. Fred Taylor, Adrian Peterson, and Barry Sanders. Okay, and, and, and that's, because, because that's because Jim Brown didn't have that many carries. Right. But, but as far as doing it as many years as he did, right. only, only Jim and Fred did. But, th- but think of the other two guys you just mentioned, 2,500 carries in that average. The other two that did it were Adrian Peterson and Barry Sanders. Yeah, Adrian Peterson is a Hall of Fame player, uh, will be. And Barry Sanders is one of the greatest, greatest backs of all time. Of all time. Yeah, and that, that, and so, so again, you said it, Hayes. The numbers we can talk about. The numbers are clearly there. The performance was clearly there. The talent was unbelievably clearly there. It's the awareness. He struggles from a lack of awareness again, and, and we're broken records because we we repeat it too many times, I suppose. But it bears repeating because it's true. Small market, unsuccessful team. Uh, in an era when all these other guys and went to the went, kept going to the kept wind, kept going to the uh, Pro Bowl, that point's a really good one that you make. I never thought about it, but you're right. There will be a glut in 20 years. That glut will happen because now that now by the way they may all get in, just like these guys may all get in at some point. But the glut's real. I don't think there's any question about that. I think the glut is, the glut is very real. So so we'll see. I. I I keep saying this is if Fred's not getting in tonight. Maybe he gets in tonight. My gut is that first year as a finalist, it's going to be hard. That, that, that's my gut talking, and, I, and boy, would I love to be wrong about that one. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. I, I, I don't think it happens tonight. I'd love to be wrong. But, uh, but again, it, he's still, even if it doesn't happen tonight, it's still a really successful year yes. for his candidacy yes. from where it's gone. And, and I do think ultimately Fred Taylor will get in. Uh, but um, – but it's, you know, again, it's, it's, it's going to be a great class. However the voting shakes out, there are a ton of fantastic players. So 
I've, you know, I've lamented the baseball classes recently and some guys that have gotten in that I just don't even think are remotely close to being Hall of Fame worthy. Uh, this will not be the case. Who, whatever the five are tonight, I'll be surprised if tomorrow I'm, I'm bashing the five that got in. We're also used to being defensive when it comes to the Hall of Fame because, like you said, it took Baselli a while and just because it's Jacksonville. So we're constantly oh. have to defend our team and our city. Yeah, and we've been and, – and, and look, I've told this story many times too. I, growing up in Jacksonville, maybe it was like this with you, but when I went to the University of Florida – the, my, the closest friends I hung out with were from Pensacola and from the Lauderdale area and from all over. And there were snickers and jokes about Jacksonville then. This was in I went to, I went to college in the 70s, graduated in 1980, and we were defending our city then. I, um, I, I've, I've told Mark Lamping this. One of the things I thank him for the most and shot and what they've done is they've, they've instead of Jacksonville being that the, the little town that everyone makes fun of and it smells bad, and all the things we heard all our it's, – it's, it's really South Georgia, all the things we heard all our lives growing up. They've made the Jaguars relevant because of the things they've done, playing in London and gigantic scoreboards and pools in the stadium and, and the, the Daly's Place. People take note of that stuff. Now they've got to match it on the field, which they haven't done yet uh, with any level of consistency other than the very early years. But, no, Jacksonville, if, if Fred Taylor played for t- – Trevor Lawrence is as recognized as anybody. Okay, he's as he's as recognized as any player. He's no part of it's a long hair and playing style. He's as recognized as any player in the league. Everybody knows Trevor Lawrence. People know I think Josh Allen. It's different now than it was then. The Jags are an accepted franchise now. Let them have a little more success now. Probably because everybody in the NFL is now. You know what I mean? Every, back in the '90s, it wasn't quite that like that. But but Fred Taylor on this Jaguars team, doing the same stuff with the same level of success would be more recognized and appreciated in this era than he was then. Agree with that? No doubt about it. Yeah. Um, but the world's uh, changed. Yeah, n- absolutely. And, uh, and again, I there, – There weren't phones back then to have all those crazy Fred runs that you could watch on a Tuesday morning when right. you were bored at work. Yeah. You he, couldn't do that then. He definitely would have been a viral player. I so mean, many of those players. Yeah. So many of his runs would have been like, wow, did you see what, what this guy in Jacksonville did? So, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it is unfortunate, but I, I – again – I think he's going to eventually get in, uh, but I, I just I don't know that it'll be tonight. Hopefully it will be. Hopefully we'll be uh, surprised. And by the way, he didn't get any awards. We talked about the lack of Pro Bowl, but also no Rookie of the Year award because you know who else started their career as a rookie the same year as Fred Taylor? Randy Moss. Yeah, well, that's right. And so, and I mean, again, I, I of all the awards you don't win, again, I'll say it again. He, he went to one Pro Bowl. He went to Pro Bowl in 2007. He was a better player than one Pro Bowl. It was clearly way better player than one Pro Bowl. Way better. So, so we'll see. So, but Fred, hopefully Fred gets in. I think we're all rooting for Fred to get in. And it would be marvelous for Jacksonville. I, the, the beauty of Tony getting in a few years ago, number one, he deserved it. It was overdue. Number two, it was great for him because he earned every bit of that. He worked hard. He endured injuries. He represented this city so well and continues to. But it also was great for the Jags. It was great for our city. It was great. I mean, that, that, I can tell you that, that we were all there. That, that week in Canton – Watching Tony Baselli go in, that was really a cool thing. It was a really it was a really cool sitting there watching that happen, watching it unfold was a really cool thing. The Jaguars fans that went to Canton oh, yeah. raved about their experience. Absolutely they did and, and so it was a it was a really cool thing. I'll right, take a break. We'll get into basketball in a bit. Uh, Jordan Mincy, they're walking they're finishing up their um, afternoon uh, walkthrough today. They play Central Arkansas in about three hours. Uh, when Jordan gets uh, through, he's gonna stop by and say hello. We'll talk a little basketball with the J U coach in the next hour. 
This is 1010XL and 92.5 FM. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. It's an old rock Thursday. Music the way it should be, or at least used to be, on The Frangie Show. Receptacle for barbecues, tailgates, fairs, and festivals, and you, sir, do not have a pair of testicles if you prefer drinking from glass. A red solo cup is cheap and disposable. In 14 Welcome years, they program. Glad you are with us. We're live at uh, JU, and uh, our friend Jordan Mincy is going to join us right now. We're going to pop that headset right on you, Jordan. He just finished his uh, uh, walkthrough with his team. Central Arkansas in town tonight at Swisher. How are you, man? I'm doing well. Doing well. Can't complain. How you guys Good doing? Good to see you, Jordan. Great to see you. We, we are doing great. And excited about the fact that uh, after a funky schedule, you get 5 of 7 at home. But you're excited <laughs> about that too, aren't you? I am. You know, especially we got an 8-1 um, home record. Yeah. To be able to have some home games and, uh, you know, got some personnel back, it's, it's definitely a good time. Let's talk about personnel back. Is Bryce Workman going to play? I'm not beating around the bush. Is he going to play? He is. He's suited up, ready to go. He, he played extremely well in practice this week, so he'll be ready to go. Right, I'm not going to beat around. Is he going to start in how many minutes? <laughs> I need minutes. Jordan, I need minutes. Okay. Uh, he's, on a, he's on a minute restriction right now. Okay. Um, we thought about starting him, but we're going to bring him in fairly soon. Okay. I got, Lauren, I got about two minutes in. 18-12 <laughs> left in the first half is what I think. Hey, uh, it's, uh, it's been a tough go. You've played hard. You've played a lot of close games on the road. Is the team in a good place mentally, emotionally? Because it can work on teams sometimes. Yeah, you know, one of the things that we try to do, we try to be transparent with our guys, and we kind of broke it down on the board. And I said, hey, look, um, you know, not holding any punches, but when we had Marcus Knobloch, when we had Bryce Workman, we also had um, Rob McCray, we're 5-0 and yeah. and with light teams, like opponents. And so, you know, when you lose, you know, two of your, your, your you know, your top three, your, any team will struggle. And so for us, being able to know that we got Bryce back, um, the guys were rejuvenated yesterday in practice. And we had one of our, probably one of our best practices of the year yesterday. And so being able to know that he'll be back uh, ready to go, I think our guys are going to play extremely hard. Jordan, do you talk to the players at all about where you stand in the conference and, and what you have to do and this is how many games we have left? Is, there, is it a 5-2 and two finish that you think – Put you in a great spot. Yeah, so we, you know, as a staff, we looked at it. And last year, I think I made the mistake of, like, showing our guys the standings every like, after every game. And yeah. so, um, it put a lot of heat on us. And so, I'm on this this uh, certain deal right now. It's like one game at a time. Like, we're trying to go 1-0. and We're trying to go 1-0. and um, Obviously, as a staff, we know we're two games out right now from, you know, being anywhere between 7th and 6th in the league. Um, just due to, you know, um, a lot of the schedules and how, you know, certain teams, you take Central Arkansas. They have majority of their games on the road down a stretch. And so um, if they go 0-2 in particular on this road trip versus us in North Florida, we'll probably jump them in the rankings. And so uh, just being able to play for those, you know, those uh, last few spots, trying to get into the conference tournament and be fully healthy is what we're shooting for. What have you learned about your team through the adversity you faced? Um, you know, I'll take, I'll take a great example, uh, Stephon Payne. You know, a guy like Steph Payne, Due to Bryce's absence, he's grown up a lot. You know, over the last six or seven games, he's averaged anywhere between 6.5 rebounds uh, per game in those uh, minutes. And the last four games, he's played over 30 minutes a game. And so just being able to see his growth, uh, see his maturation, um, seeing certain guys step up when guys were injured, um, you know, it shows me that we do have talent. I mean, when we get it back fully healthy, we'll be able to have, you know, um, hopefully a, a good basketball team. You know, Jordan, one of the hard things for teams to find is shooting. I mean, oh, yes. team, teams are athletic nowadays. Teams play hard. 
Jossie Powell looks like he's becoming a perimeter, sh- a good shooter. Uh, Bryce was shooting. I mean, he's always he was. been an inside guy, but he was shooting. So, but that's the challenge. But Jossie's shooting it well. Um, Cook's shooting it well. You're shooting it better, would you think? Yeah, we're shooting it well. Um, Jossie ha- has come on uh, as of late. Um, Jerry's Cook played extremely well at Lipscomb. He yeah. had five threes in the second yeah. half. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, Zach Bell's a guy who's made shots well. He had two threes um, last game versus Lipscomb as well. And so um, being able to have shooting, Bryce also helps with that. You know, he's kind of a pick-and-pop four-man. He, yeah. he hasn't necessarily done it his entire career. But this year he's shooting an um, extremely high percentage from three. And so um, he'll also add to that factor, being able to kind of space the floor and go four-round one look as well. What does Central Arkansas do well? Uh, first off, they probably have one of the most talented freshmen we've seen in a long time in the conference, uh, a guy by the name of Tucker Anderson. He's a 6'9 wing who shoots the ball extremely well, and he can handle it. Um, and then outside of that, they have a very up-tempo team, very similar to, you know, probably um, five or six teams in our league. They're the third, um, you know, highest-tempo team in our league. They play extremely fast, and um, with their lineup, they're extremely tall as well. They have a 6'9 point guard. Um, they go 6'5 on the wing. They 6'9 on the wing, and then they, they end out with their front court being about 6'8 on, on the 4 and the 5. Jordan, you mentioned the standings in the A-Sun. Do you talk about that with your team? So we, we try to talk about it a little bit, but not too much. We kind of just talk about it with the staff. And so um, we look at it and we say to ourselves, hey, look, we're fully healthy, down the stress. Obviously, you want to have, you know, as many home games as possible. You get a chance to kind of play your way into a position where you can be dangerous. And so um, – we just trying to keep these guys motivated. We came into the league nine and five, and you know we felt like they had one of the best records. Obviously, we had six out of our first nine on the road, um, but at the same time, you know what? Nobody's gonna gonna feel sorry for us. You know, we gotta do a better job um, as a staff, as a head coach, of just getting these guys ready to play and then play together as a cohesive group. Rob McRae's a really good player. I, I didn't know much about him at Wake. <laughs> he uh, he he seems he strikes me as a guy that needs to be kind of healthy. Yes, right. He's yep. that guy in either. So. Yep. But he's a good player. He is. You know what? He um, He's one of those guys who wasn't healthy our first three games yeah. in league play. Yeah. He had a severe ankle sprain going into league play. So our first three games he didn't really play. And then um, he kind of found himself in that Queens game. You know, he got back kind of in the rhythm um, and, and playing at a very high level. He's a guy who's had numerous games of uh, double digits or more throughout the course of the season. And so he's a guy who get, he can explode at any point. Is he better than you thought he'd be or is about what you – did you expect that? I mean, he's averaging almost 17 points. I mean, oh, yeah. He, I mean, Rob McCray is incredible. You know, he's yeah. a sophomore. We didn't know he was going to be as good because, yeah. you know, he had yeah. two years where he really didn't play at Wake Forest. But, I mean, you're talking about a guy who's dynamic in transition. He's great at running the point if you need him to play point. And then he also can, can score the ball from deep. And he's been shooting the ball extremely well as of late. You guys are uh, seven, eight and one at home, as you mentioned, and you were you've been great uh, since you've been here at home. How have you been able to get that mentality to each of these teams of we don't lose here? Yeah, that's uh, you know that phrase is what we often say. You know, we broke the huddle today and shoot around. I just say, hey, look, we're eight and one at home, and you guys know, you know, we live and die when it comes to, to protecting this home court. And so um, they take pride in it. They take pride in representing you know Ju as a whole. And wearing that across their chest, and so uh, when teams come in here, you know, Swisher is kind of a funky place. You know, the, you feel like the walls are closing in at times. <laughs> right, right. And so uh, we got a, a great home court advantage, and then our students are unbelievable. They come out, they do a great job of supporting our guys, and so um, our guys are extremely lucky to play at Swisher. When you're at Swisher, people haven't been. It, like you said, it is loud and <laughs> super entertaining. 
Can you hear the students when they're screaming at the oh, rest? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's right in front of them. They're right behind him. But, yeah. you know, coaches say, I'm right. so right, one-track-minded. Right, right. No, our, uh, a lot of times when we have timeouts and I'll, like, meet our guys at half court, I'll mm-hmm. see uh, some of our student athletes, like, running over, giving a high five, and then I'll just hear some people behind me just going at with the other team. I'm like, oh, man, that's that's I don't know if that's – uh, proper language to be using. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, our, our students, man, they're wild. I love yeah. them, though. They're wild. Jordan, the league changes. This is one of those leagues that changes a lot. The membership changes a lot. Is it uh, assessed this year in the league? Is, that, is the league up this year, do you think? Um, you know what? You, you, you would say that you think the league is up. I just think that there's parity um, yeah. everywhere, anywhere between the first team and, and us. You yeah. know, us being, yeah. you know, the bottom team right now. You just you look at a, a team like Florida Gulf Coast, for, for instance. They're preseason number two. Um, they go to EKU yesterday. It's an extremely tight game. And when you look at the rankings, you know, they're at ninth or tenth in the league. And so you say to yourself, the talent um, is, is fairly even throughout the course. And then you look at, you know, our rivals um, across the street, North Florida, you know, they're, they're predict- predicted not to do as well. But, hey, you know what? They're doing extremely well, playing at a high level, um, have a really good basketball player um, on the wing. And so for us – um, we look at every team and we say it, it's any team's night when going in there, whether you're on the home or you're in the way. How important is tempo to your identity, whether it's trying to stop a team that, that wants to impose it or whether it's a certain style that you want to play? So we, we try to play more up-tempo. You know, our fans have really been on me about it. And usually <laughs> I'm not, you know, I try to use the swisher and the scary, you know, kind of uh, backdrop we have at swisher to do uh, play very slow, play very physical. And, you know, we try to speed it up a little bit this year. Uh, a, lot, a lot of times it's worked in our favor, and sometimes it hasn't. But, um, you know, when you have a guy like Bryce working, you can slow down a little bit more, throw it into the post, and you can kind of control the tempo. We don't want to be too high, but we also don't want to be too low as well. How much do you have to change your practices from what you'd want to do normally when you do have the issues as far as health is concerned? Oh, it's the worst. <laughs> it's yeah. the worst. Yeah. You know, I'm talking to one of my close friends, uh, Dennis Gates at Missouri, mm-hmm. and he was just talking about all the different injuries he's had. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, we talked about it last year, being able to have an understanding of it. When you go into practice, um, we have scout team, for instance, and Troy Pierce will be our backup center. That's my assistant coach. Oh, my staff. Wow. And so wow. he hasn't played in like nine years. <laughs> and so this dude is, he's trying to, you know, bless his heart. He's trying to, he's trying to hit some ball screens. And it's, you're trying to give a realistic look, but it, it, it definitely doesn't simulate the actual size and speed of the game. And so it's a nightmare, to be honest. That's funny. By, by the way, you told us. Bless his heart. Last time we were here, you told we asked you about Queens. Hayes said, he said he played fast. God, did they play fast? Oh yeah. I mean, I mean they were there, and I thought they played out of control fast. <laughs> on it. God, did they play fast? Was Central Arkansas like that? Oh like, yeah, Central Arkansas the same way. They're, really? Yeah. Oh yeah, they're third in. You know, Kennesaw State, Queens, and Central Arkansas are the top three tempo teams in our league. And you know, Central Arkansas they really let it fly. They shoot yeah. a lot of threes. They come down one or two passes, and they're trying to shoot it as soon as possible. And so. Um, you'll see a very up-tempo style of play, and we got to do a great job of kind of slowing the game down and making them play at our pace. Final thing for you. Five games or seven games left, five of them are here. This starts the streak where we talked about where you play so well in there. This is a really important game. How important is tonight's game for you? Oh, it's the Super Bowl. Yeah. It's the, one, it's the biggest game of the year. You yeah. know, you, you, you obviously get Bryce back, so you got right. momentum, but right. you want to make sure that you close out uh, tonight's game and, and kind of start that run that you need to have and give your guys the confidence they need going forward. Jordan Nancy, head basketball coach at JU. I think it's going to start for you tonight. Thanks for coming by. I appreciate, appreciate you guys. <laughs> All right. Back in a moment. This is 1010XL and 92.5. That's up.
The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. It's an old rock Thursday. Music, the way it should be, or at least used to be, on The Frangie Show. We got losers, chain smokers and boozers, and we got yuppies, we got bikers. We've got thirsty hitchhikers And the girls next door dress up like movie stars mm-hmm, 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 I love this bar Toby Keith today on Old Rock Thursday. We lost Toby we Keith this uh, week to stomach cancer after a brave fight with it. It's been uh, all the talk in the entertainment industry. A lot of people weighed in. A lot of people in the sports realm uh, that were close to him weighed in as well. So Toby Keith gone this week. So you'll hear him all day today on Old Rock Thursday. Frank Franchi hates Carlisle. Jordan. Uh, Lauren Brooks. Here, I don't know where that came from. Uh, Jordan Mincy stopped by. Jordan Mincy stopped by. We do want to thank Jordan Mincy for stopping by. And R.J. Saunders back in uh in World Headquarters. You're trying to listen to the song. I know what you're doing. No, I was doing that. I can't deny that. Honesty compels me to report that is correct. Hayes, the on three uh, recruiting rankings came out. Georgia, shock, shock, finished first after all the signing days were over. Alabama second, Ohio State third. Th- those are no surprises. Here's some things, interesting things to me, though. And, again, there's on three and 24-7. I assume they're both close. They're probably not exact. Uh, exactly the same as each other. I've got 24-7 pulled up. Okay, so know. we'll look at both. Miami fifth. Had so, a great class. So the Canes must have, and again, you follow it closer than I do. So the Canes must have had a heck of a, where were they on 24-7, Lauren? Fourth. So fourth and fifth in the two in the two rankings. So give Mario Cristobal credit, and you got to do something with it. He had a heck, he, one of the reasons, like Billy Napier, one of the reasons he was brought to Miami uh, was because he's a very good recruiter. He certainly showed it if they finished. And now that it's over, now that all the signing days are over, the early delayed, all of them. Right. Finished in the top five in both both services. I think you have to be really pleased because it's uh, extraordinary, I think, in the trenches, especially what Mario Cristobal was able to do. So, uh, you know, I, I think you saw some early dividends of, of his ability to recruit the offense and defensive lines last season with some talented freshmen, and uh, you're seeing him follow up on that. So Miami is going to be awfully difficult on both sides of the line of, of scrimmage uh, in the coming years, assuming these – you know, kids yeah. work out and, and stay at Miami. But uh, but you have to be really happy, I think, if you're a Hurricanes fan about where it's headed from a talent standpoint. All right. And um, also, Lauren, if you pull that up again. Yep, I got uh, it. All right, Texas 6, LSU 7, and on 3, no surprise there. Auburn's 8 in on 3. Where are they in 24-7? 10. So Auburn, a top 10. Watch with Hugh Freeze there. Keep an eye on the Tigers. I, I, I've said that the day he took the job. I got a hunch there's something there with Auburn, I, with Hugh Freeze at Auburn. Yeah, he's always been a great recruiter, and, uh, you know, he's a coach that's going to really benefit from an NIL world. I mean, it's uh, – I think Auburn has great support. Uh, Auburn is uh, aching to win big again, and, uh, and, and I think they view uh, a post-Nick Saban world as one in which they can really take a big step forward. So I, I'm not at all surprised because Hugh Freeze has obviously got an unbelievable – reputation as a recruiter and now he's not bound by some of the things he was bound by uh, when he was an SDC coach in previous years and and Lauren one other one I've got Florida 10th on on three where are they on 14th okay so they're 10th and 14th 
So there's a little bit of gap there between the two. But I'll say this. If they're the 10th best recruiting class in the country after just an abysmal football season, that's pretty good recruiting. Now, again, they were higher, and they lost a lot because of that abysmal dysfunctional season. But it is what it is. If they're a top 15 class according to both services and a top 10 according to one of them, as much bad coaching as it appeared went on, good recruiting, I would think. Yeah, I think, uh, again, two unbelievable blue-chip prospects at the very top, including a, hopefully a program-changing quarterback in D.J. Lagway. And so, look, it, this all comes down to if D.J. Lagway is a superstar, Billy Napier is going to be fine, and he's probably going to be the Florida coach for a long time. If, uh, if D.J. Lagway falters, uh, particularly his first year, because this might be the only year that Napier gets to coach him, then, uh, you know, it's going to be a rough go of it. Uh, but this Florida's recruiting class is going to completely come down to what is D.J. Lagway. Because if, if, when you sign the number one player in the country uh, at the quarterback position, then obviously sky's the limit for what you could be. I mean, if he is, quote, generational, then uh, even as a true freshman, he's going to probably give you two to three wins that you wouldn't have normally had. Uh, with only Graham Mertz. So uh, if, if that happens, uh, th this will be a fantastic class. If DJ Lagway is just kind of a guy and it takes him some time to find his footing and, and to be effective at this level, it's not going to be a very good class, and you're probably looking at a new coach. Yeah, I would, I would certainly agree with that. All right, if you were running a recruiting service, Oregon on 24-7's list is third. But they have zero five-stars. They do have 22 four-stars. But they're the only one in the top seven with zero five-stars. And really, the top six all have four or five five-stars, other than Miami has the three. But would you still have Oregon third in that list with zero five-stars? It, it seems too high okay. to not uh, have any of those top 30, 35 players in the country. Uh, and again, I, I don't know. You know, The other thing, too, is if, if I, I – complain a lot about stats and you know sack yardage is rushing yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. interceptions that hit a receiver in the hands right. it's an interception for the quarterback's ridiculous this is another thing that i'd say i'd like <laughs> to see tightened up there's way too many four-star prospects i mean okay. a five-star prospect you have a very certain idea what that that means that is a top 30 player in the country a four-star player really and this is across all these sites could be a player from 31st in the country to like 349th well there is a huge discrepancy between those two numbers so it feels like do you take it to six stars and the five star is now a six star and then you kind of need to split the the big four star group into you know two different things it feels that way to me because uh, again so the only thing I can think of there is that maybe a lot of their four stars are in that 35 to 100 range and so uh, th that's but, to drive up but the based, ba based on your question, seems too high for a team that didn't sign a five-star. Let's continue along. i got Florida State on the on-three, Lauren, at 12. 24-7 has them where? The Knowles. 24-7 has Florida State also 12th. Okay, so they're 12th uh, according to both services. Also zero five-stars, but 16 four-stars. Uh, did the Knowles do better than expected, worse than expected? I mean, 12's good, but, but that's on the heels of a 13-0 season, too. Um, how do you assess how Florida State did? I, I think it's solid, not spectacular, and again, nothing it, like Miami. Neither one of them did like Miami did. Correct. I think, uh, but uh, but obviously Florida State is has done so well in the portal, and that's sort of become their identity. Great I, point. I, 
I think they want to get more to where the high school recruiting is a bigger component to their uh, roster building. Uh, but, I, but I think that considering what they have done in the portal, what they did in the portal this offseason, I think that's a, that's a fine class for Florida State. Yeah, I think Mike Norvell should be thrilled because of the fact that you're battling against what we've discussed. Florida State has a lot of turnover on their roster. So, yes, freshmen are going to be able to play early, but being able to get those transfer portal players, that's huge. So let me ask you this. I get the sense from what you read that both Florida and Florida State could have both added four three-stars easily. But they didn't because they thought it was wiser to hold those spots for portal guys. And like Ole Miss, for example, on the on three, finished 19th. Okay? They only had – they had no five-stars, ten four-stars. But that's okay because they left a lot of spots for all those portal guys. So I guess where I'm going with this is this number isn't definitive anymore because the portal is so prominent. Wouldn't you agree with that? I would, and it's, you know, it eliminates a lot of great stories because Florida, just take them for instance, has had so many great players that were like the last guys basically signed in the class. Right. Brandon James would not have been signed to Florida in this climate. Because instead they'd have brought in the guy from Missouri who right. was transferring in. And Brandon James ended up being the greatest returner the university mm-hmm. has ever seen and was a big part of uh, two national great, title teams. a great point. Fred Weary was not uh, a big-time recruit. He was one of the last guys signed into that class. Becomes a spectacular corner for the Gators. Yeah. One of the best that they've, they've ever had. So Would Kyle Trask fit this, too? Uh, absolutely. 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 Yeah. Uh, absolutely. I, I great mean, call. Terry Jackson. Yeah. Uh, I mean, th- there's been a lot of, again, I, I can't speak to other teams, but I can tell you from tell you what, a Gators perspective, the there's four, been a lot of those guys that were like sort of the last, quote, mm-hmm. last couple guys in the class yeah. that ended up being some of the best players in that class. That is a really good point. And, and I'm like, Hayes and you, Lauren, I know the Gators better than anybody else. So if you're listening, Florida State fan has that guy, tons of them. George has got that guy, tons of them. We all have tons of guys like that. But the four, the four, the three you ran off and Lauren, the one you ran off, Brandon James, Terry Jackson, Fred Weary, Kyle Trask, absolutely wouldn't have gotten offers this year. They wouldn't have had an offer. I, I can tell you they wouldn't have had an offer. Now, Weary was a little different in that Ron Zook thought he was going to be a pro. I can tell you that Zook recruited him. And Zook told me, this guy, I don't care what his stars are, this guy's a pro. But your point's a great point. The, the bottom line is there's a lot of guys like that, and that is kind of a shame. Again, again you're better faster because that 23-year-old transfer from Oklahoma State is going to be a better player than that freshman from Pahokee. That's just, that's just realistic. But, uh, yeah. And, and, yeah, I'm not, I'm not faulting wrong. Billy Napier on or this any one. Of them, or any yeah, of them. Yeah, or any of them. I mean, I, I think it's smart to save instead of taking developmental project recruits out of high school – uh, save three or four scholarships, get after, you know, after you commence spring practice, have those three or four or more scholarships available so that you can take advantage of that window. I mean, it, you are still playing a numbers game. Now, schools are getting around it because they're paying kids to walk on to not count against their 85, and they're just giving them NIL money. So it's like, well, we'll give you 100 grand, but you're going to be a walk-on, which you're not really supposed to do, but everybody's doing it to circumvent the 85-man scholarship limit. But you still have to operate somewhat in the parameters of that. And, uh, and, and so, yeah, you, you have a, a precious few spots, and uh, you want to be able to be active in the portal in case that 
game changer becomes available and it's like this guy not only fills this void for us but can be an exceptional player in our conference. You make me smile when you say game changer because I just think of Florida's game Oof. changers and that's Oh, the they changed the teams. game all right. Yeah, that, for they did. Arkansas. Uh, uh, here are, they changed the Arkansas game. <laughs> yeah. Change that game. A couple recent examples for Georgia, Lad McConkey and Jordan Davis were both three stars. Yeah, yeah. How about that? And Brock Bowers for the record was a four star, but so that's a good ranking. Jordan Davis. But he should be a, should have been a five star. Jordan Davis was a three star. I got yeah. that nobody blocked in three years at Georgia yeah. was a three star. Think about that for a second. And Lad McConkey, who's going to be a great pro. Lad McConkey, does he have NFL written all over oh, him? Yeah, he, he was great at the Senior Bowl. I mean, yeah, he he's going to he's going to be a great pro. So so as you, as you assess back, Florida State has found the rhythm of the portal and still had a good recruiting year. I'll say this about Florida again. I if Billy Napier, and by the way, I'm not sure Billy Napier survives this year. Just the last five games on the schedule, it's almost comical. It's Georgia, LSU, Ole Miss, Florida State. And at Texas. And at Texas. That's the last five games. Georgia, Ole Miss, LSU, Texas, Florida State. What, are you kidding me? And, and, th- and three of them are away from home. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's comical, the schedule they're having to play. So – the, uh, and so he may not – but I still will say, as dysfunctional as it seems, as awful as I thought that press conference was, I went back and read the transcript. I went back and read the whole transcript. Did it take you an hour? I'm not sure what he said. <laughs> Maybe my reading comprehension isn't what it once was. No, it's not you. I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not sure I know what he said. And, uh, I, and so God bless his soul, someone's got to help him with that. But having said all that, if he gets to year four or five, I think he's going to have a really good roster if because he, I think yeah, that's what I mean, he's that's what he's clearly good at. I, I, if he gets to year four or five, their team's going to be loaded. There's still a concern with Florida's rivals that of Billy Napier if he's able to win because I think they see if Billy Napier is able to go on the trail with a nine and three, yeah. let's, and he's not going to do that this season. But let's just hypothetically say Florida goes nine and three on this schedule. Well, if they do that, that's really going to be the equivalent of going like 11 and one in most years. I mean, that would be remarkable mm-hmm. considering the. But even if he goes eight and four, uh, I think if he goes oh. eight and four, let's say he wins the bowl game, beats Maryland in the Music City Bowl or something, I, uh, I think you're looking at Florida probably doing something to bump him a bit. Uh, I, I think he now goes on the trail with something to sell, Correct. a schedule that next year will not be near what this one is, and. Uh, I, so I still think there's a healthy fear from not him as a game manager, but him as if this guy ever does get to a level of winning, Florida is going to attract talent. Well, and the, right. The reason, the reason that fear exists, too, it's still Florida. It's Ole Miss might have a coach that does really well in the portal, has some good recruiting years. Um, all of a sudden you look up and they're going to start the season ranked seventh, which is really great, for, but it's still Ole Miss. If Florida gets it going, it's still Florida and Florida resources. Um, With a coach that really knows how to recruit. And, and he does. And he, right, really he does. knows how and to again, recruit. And, again, in fairness to him, it's, let me rephrase that. In fairness to Billy Napier, the recruiter, if Billy Napier, the coach, didn't get in the way last year. Right. They were third in recruiting. They would have finished with a top three class. They would have had certainly a top five class so it, without question, even yeah. if they lost. So, so they were third when it all when, when, when Billy Napier, the coach, got in the way of Billy Napier, the recruiter. I mean, this guy still got the best player in the country out of Texas yeah. to play quarterback for him with really nothing to – I mean, what evidence did he give yeah. D.J. Lagway 
that come here, I'm the perfect person for you. And I mean, so obviously he is a good salesman. It's just, does he have enough of a product to sell? And we're not going to know that until he wins at Florida, which may never happen. And you don't have to be good in the transfer portal if you're excellent at recruiting. Not that's well, what Georgia has shown. That's right. You don't have to rely on it. Yeah, and you have to be really good at recruiting. Correct. But, but he really would. Well, that's right. what we think. He would be really good yeah. at recruiting. Well, then the transfer portal isn't as If important. you told me right now he's going to go 9-4 and four this season, Kay. I'd say Florida's going to finish in the top four of recruiting. Yeah, and, and, and again. Maybe but, number one. And again, because they were headed there this year. So we'll, say, we'll take a break. When we come back, I want to know your favorite sports movie characters and why. I like it. Stay with us. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. I'm just trying to be a father, be a daughter and a son, be a lover. It's an old rock Thursday. Music the way it should be, or at least used to be, on The Frangie Show. I'm all business in my suit. Yeah, I'm dressed up for success From my head down to my boots I don't do it for the money There's bills that I can't pay I don't do it for the glory I just do it anyway Providing for our futures My responsibility Yeah, I'm real good on the pressure Being all that I can be I can't call in sick on Mondays when the Toby Keith today on Old Rock Thursday. This would be American Soldier. We're going to talk about a fun topic right now. Your favorite characters in sports movies. Go ahead. Give me a list. There's Who's first? <laughs> there's so many. I, I, don't know first? I don't know that I can. I'll give you the list in, in which I okay. wrote them down. Right. I don't feel like this is, this is my order. but this is, order. this is what... Okay. Came to me and I my got head. a hunch we're gonna have some duplicates. Okay. Oh yeah. I'm gonna. Sure. I, the first one that popped into my head was Ty Webb, who okay. I just Chevy Chase okay. is so hilarious All and right. Caddyshack. Okay. So Ty Webb, uh, Rick okay. Wild Thing, Vaughn, yeah. obviously Charlie Sheen in Major League, uh, Rocky and Apollo. I mean, right, we right. talked about Carl Weathers last week. I mean, how can you not like right. Rocky and Apollo? Um, I've got for my coach Ed Straight Arrow Gennaro. Wow. Um, <laughs> and uh, and then Crash Davis from Bull Durham. It's just okay. such a yeah, fantastic a character. So. All right. You got any jump out for you? Yeah, I would say Cheryl Yost is probably number yes, one for yeah. me. Look at you. Okay, okay. Um, I feel like you can't watch that movie and not yeah, walk away yeah. going, she was the absolute best. Um, and one from my childhood, Rudy. I watched Rudy a lot growing yeah. up. I loved Rudy. I like the underdog character. Like him? Yeah. Okay. Like him. You yeah. like Rudy. Okay, I liked okay, Rudy. Okay. Yeah. He was a character. Okay, very good. All right. Um, I didn't like Rudy. I uh, should have liked it. I just didn't. Just didn't <laughs> like Rudy. Rudy annoyed me. Okay. So, um, I uh, my list is long. First would be the original Paul Crew. Okay. From the you put, did you ever see the original Longest Yard? I have not. Well, did actually, I say I think not I the saw Adam Sandler Longest Yard. So you ever see the original Longest Yard? Young. No. Do yourself a favor. Find it. Yeah. Because you, you, I mean, just the the original with yeah. with with Burt Reynolds as right. Paul Crew. Yeah. I'm just telling you. Just just do yourself a favor and go see the original. Um, my favorite female character has got to be Annie Savoy. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. from Bull Durham. I mean, I loved Annie Savoy. Um, my, here's my list. My favorite, Serrano. If you don't love Serrano, something's wrong with your love, okay? You got love wrong, okay? Yeah. If you don't love Serrano, you have to investigate how to do a better job with love, okay? Yeah. So um, he's high on my list. Rick Vaughn, of course. Um, I, 
He had like four lines the whole movie, I think. I think four lines, maybe three. But how's Jimmy Chitwood not on your top three? Okay, <laughs> okay, okay. Would you like to hear the lines? I would. Because you kind of know yeah. that. Kind of yeah. like, okay. Right. Okay. Um, I play, coach stays. <laughs> he goes, I go. Brooks, that's kind of my go-to right there. Yeah, it, my it go-to is. Up. Didn't we beat recently butcher that on yeah, the show? Yeah, no, no, I got it. I, got, yeah. I, think, I think it was me. Yeah, I think <laughs> Hayes kind of butchered it. Um, the bottom, I would have too. Yeah, I, said, I got that one right. And, uh, and, and, and the greatest line he le- offered was three words. What are they? I'll make it. I'll make it. Okay. So uh, uh, he, um, I got to say, Crash Davis was okay. I love Nuke Lelouch. Mm-hmm. Is it okay that I like Nuke? I might like <laughs> Nuke, Nuke more. Who didn't love Nuke? He's goofy. He's goofy. Who yeah. didn't love Nuke more? So Nuke, Nuke's high on my list. So, um, Rocky and Apollo, of course. Um, I think they're high. I'm the f- I hope Ed Straight Arrow Gennaro is not your favorite all-time coach. Well, it's just popped into my because, head. Okay. Because possibly my favorite character ever in a sports movie might be Lou Brown. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, if you didn't, if you didn't yeah. sorry, Charlie. Yeah. I got to call you back. I'm on the other line with a guy about white walls. How good was that? Come on, Dorn. Don't right. give me this old lame. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I mean, who doesn't love the – how did Lou not make your list? Because I kind of sprung it on you, but yeah. Lou's got to be I high on your list. I think because I just was trying to keep it to, like, one in each movie. Yeah. So I was like, Lou's well, for Major behind. League, Wild Thing Vaughn yeah, is yeah. my favorite character. So, but, yeah, Lou Brown's fantastic. I'll, you know who else I like? I like Suzanne Dorn. Suzanne who Dorn's doesn't love Suzanne Dorn? And, Whoever Renee Russo plays in that, <laughs> I remember her name, but she's yeah. breathtaking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what, you know what? I could not remember Renee Russo's name in the movie. Lynn? Lynn. Lynn. That's it. I don't know her last name. Her name is Lynn. Yeah. Okay? So there's that. And we know that she was uh, in the individual medley and yeah. uh, the swimming trial. That's the 200 I am. Yeah, right. The right. 200 I am. Yeah. Okay? I can recite every line. So the, uh, there's, there's the. There's <laughs> Here's one of my favorite lines, too. If, I, if I'd have said this line to you, would you have known the movie? If I'd have said, make it a good one, Strap. Would you know the movie? Make it a good one, Strap. Would you make I it? I would not. Would you know if I said, make no. it a good one, Strap? Okay. I'm going to ask someone to, to, to send me either a tweet or on the, on the, even though we can't see the text line. If I said, make it a good one, Strap, what movie is it from? I want to see if I think somebody will know that. I'm sure they will. So, so someone. Everyone knows everything. R- RJ, <laughs> everyone, well, well, there's someone that knows everything. That's what I should yeah, say. Yeah. So, so, RJ, if someone sends it on the text line, okay, or calls you and tells you, or t- rather, if you've tweeted, I can see it right now. Make it a good one, Strap. What movie is that from? Someone's got it. You don't know, huh? Mm-mm. Okay. Make it a good one, Strap. So, um, if you could go watch one sports, if we got here right now, we got done at 6 o'clock. There was no JU game. I put a big movie on the big screen right here in uh, Cantina Rio. What would it be right now? Be- probably because of Carl Weathers' death, probably like Rocky II. Okay, you know, Rocky II. Something II. like that. I always, th- you know, yeah. uh, any, any of the first, I'm not going to watch Rocky IV uh, right. because obviously if you don't know what happens in that movie, the right. Carl Weathers' Apollo Creed, then right. I can't help you. But yeah, uh, My guess is if you don't know, then too yeah, bad. You right, should yeah. know by now. But I, I would probably say, and Rocky II is my because, favorite of yeah. those four, so I'd probably say Rocky II. Oh, if you could, right, right now, if I put one on right now, big screen. Yeah, it's funny. I'll go in the same vein, but I'll go with Happy Gilmore. Okay. Because of Carl Weathers. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think if and I. with golf. It's golf season. It's a good time to watch it. I, I, I hate. I, I would be still be major league for me. It would yeah. still be because, <laughs> because I would laugh at every line. Yeah, I mean, of all the movies that are funny, I, I still. Like, I can, watch, I can watch Animal House and still laugh at every line. Every line. I could watch Caddyshack. Would you the same way? 
Yeah. Stripes. Mm-hmm. I could watch every uh, airplane, the original airplane, totally. and, wa- and, and laugh at every line. But I still, there's something about the way they did it in Major League. The, the uh, I mean, <laughs> people don't, we all, we all hang out. We all hang out kind of after the show. We hang out, we, we, we drink a beer, eat dinner, whatever. And uh, Hayes and I hang out a lot on the road, and Hayes and Lauren and I hang out together. I still haven't gotten beyond the fact that if we're talking about someone that annoys us, when Hayes goes, "Want me to drag him out of here?" <laughs> I, I still, it still cracks me up. I, it, it, Lauren, he could say that a hundred times. Oh, he has. <laughs> has. It has. But, but it doesn't matter. It still cracks me when Hayes goes, "Want me to drag him out of here?" <laughs> and you have to have seen Major League right, yeah. to appreciate the line. So I think I think it would. Um, what's the next movie? What's next? What, what's what's the next storyline? It doesn't have to be a bio. I mean, what's what have we missed? What what I mean, I'm, I'm I, I still feel like we haven't done a fantastic football movie yeah, about well, professional football. I agree. That we have, We've had some great high school. Yeah, football we had movies. a draft movie. It was just okay. Yeah, but yeah. It, but it wasn't great. It was it was just okay. Yeah, we have. But we and have. Jerry Maguire kind of tried with yeah. a singular and Jer- player. And Jerry and Maguire good. was really good, but it wasn't a football but, but movie. It was an agent movie. Correct. It was an. It was about. I'd an like agent. to see a. A movie about professional football. A serious one? About the team. Either way. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm always up for a good yeah. comedy, too. Yeah. But, uh, but something, a, 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 a film that will hold up and, and pass the test of time about professional football. Did you love Semi Tough or no? Oof. I, I, again, I saw that when I was probably like five or six yeah, years old. Yeah, it was old. good. It was, it yeah. was Semi Tough was good. What, 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 I'm, what we, maybe a football, because football movies are, are and there's, no, there's very few good basketball movies, but there's a few. I mean, Hoosiers was great. One-on-one, you probably don't know, was a great movie. There, there's some good basketball movies. What are we missing? What movie you want to see? Well, it's so hard to do football well. I think that's why I agree. people haven't you know, decided to, to try and do that. But, I mean, Tom Brady's available now. Nick yeah. Saban's available now. Belichick right now is available if you'd like to cast them in your football movie. Yeah. So, have, have but we, I think it has to be a story to be a movie, obviously. Yeah. So, like, what's the best? What's the best story ever in football? Has there been Hayes like a like a maybe yeah, a Pat I mean, Tillman could be yeah, a story? Oh yeah, sure, that would that, be a great one. Absolutely. And and again, it could. It doesn't have to be something based on you know a, a historical team. It could just simply be oh yeah a fictionalized story about right. you know. But I, I just I think like, an undrafted free agent story. Yeah, right? I, I feel like football is sort of. Uh, Again, we've got we've had some fantastic high school uh, football movies, right? But I feel like they've we for whatever reason they've never really been able to capture the essence of we you know he had any given Sunday, which you know yeah. is is decent for right. I mean some people right. love it, some people hate it. Um, North but, Dallas uh, Forty, I've had a couple people text yeah. me. Yeah, I mean North I guess I guess Barry back in the day there was some good ones. Yeah, because yeah. so, that that right. that certainly got a great reputation. But I mean maybe see one that's you know a little b- yeah. little bit more updated. Right, right. my uh, both both. Uh, Make it a good one, Strap. Both my friend Ron Compton and my bride have told me what that is. It, Suzanne has enough because it's played in our house 748 <laughs> times. Yeah, someone tweeted me and said to tell you what it is. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why they didn't tweet you. Okay. <laughs> did he tell you what it was? Uh, yes, but assuming that that's right. Well, what did he tell you? Hoosiers. It's Hoosiers. Okay. It's, it's Strap. The guy, he gets on his knee and prays. You know, the preacher's son yeah. is on the team. Strap. Gene Hackman looks at him right in front of him. He goes, make it a good one, Strap. So there you go. Ah, there and you by go. the way, uh, Ron, Ron had it. And, uh, of course, my wife had it. But, again, my, wa- my poor wife. Can you imagine how many times Hoosier's been on that big screen? <laughs> okay. God, God, God bless her soul. I That's can only a imagine. Lot. Some, right, what have you watched more, Hoosiers or Major League? Hoosiers. Okay. I mean, Major, major League, major, I'll probably watch Hoosiers 100 times. 
I mean, parts of who? I'm not making that up. Probably a hundred times. How many times you watched Caddyshack? Not, I mean, not a hundred. Not a hundred. Yeah, probably I mean, 100. enough to where I would know the movie. Uh, I, but it's, it'd be hard to put a number on. We started going on the long Jaguar trips, um, and I had you download movies mm-hmm. uh, to your to your back. I don't think we had a lot of movies on the plane then, and um, I watched Major League so many times on it. Yeah. That Patrick Kavanaugh came up to me one time and said, "Watch a different movie." <laughs> we go, we go, we go on one of these trips every week. Right. Pick a different movie for crying out loud. So yeah, I, I watched all the time. So we'll see, we'll see if funny movies come up. Um, I wasn't a big Rudy fan. Everybody loved Rudy. Rudy just didn't move the needle for me. I liked the janitor guy the best, the bald guy. I liked the guy. He was probably my favorite. I liked Crash Davis, but I liked Nuke better. Um, Jimmy Bobby, nothing. Jimmy Bobby. Jimmy Bobby. What's his name? Ricky Bobby. Ricky, Ricky Bobby. Bobby. Yeah. Ricky Bobby. Ricky, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> Ricky Bobby. Yeah. Didn't do it for I'm me. just such not a clearly yeah, yeah, racing clearly. guy. But you Ricky Bobby. Yeah, Jimmy Bobby. Yeah. Ricky Bobby for you? Not really. Yeah. Ricky, I mean, that was funny. Little baby Jesus. Yeah. That's about yeah. all I got. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Will Ferrell's had some really funny sports movies. Right. I, I like the one. Uh, the basketball. Yeah. One? Sim- what is semi pro? Semi. It was yeah. funny. I yeah. like that it one where he's playing for the Flint Tropics. We'll take a break. Hey, when we come back, got an hour to go. Alex Fricker Gilbert's going to stop by. He's the athletic director here at Ju. Uh, we are on the campus of Ju as the Dolphins play Central Arkansas tonight at Swisher Gym. One hour to go. This is 1010XL and 92.5 FM. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. Here, that means it's time for more football. Football! Football at 5. 5 o'clock somewhere. On The Frangie Show. American girls and American guys will always stand up and salute. We'll always recognize when we see old glory flying. There's a lot of men dead so we can sleep in peace at night when we lay down our heads. My daddy served in the army. We lost his right eye, but he flew a flag out in our yard. Kobe Heath today on Old Rock Thursday. We're live at JU. Let's go ahead and bring in Alex Ricker Gilbert, our buddy, uh, the AD here, who stops by. Going to join us here right out of the uh, right out of a meeting. You don't waste any time around here. You go right in the lineup, okay? You don't have no warm up. Let's How's go. it going? You can't Good. hit balls here. You went right to the first tee. So, uh, how are you? Good. Right from President Tim Tim Koss's office. He yeah. says hello to sit with you guys. Well, tell Tim hello when you see him as Five well. Five of the finest people in Jacksonville. <laughs> So, uh, so how you doing? How are things? How are things here? How are you? Good. I'm doing good. well. Good. I'm doing. Good. It's good. about to. February is a busy, busy month for us. We've uh, our, bas- our basketball team's finally back at home to finish five out of seven uh, here at Swisher, and then we've got 44 athletic events here on campus in the month of February. So we'll we'll stay busy. Yeah, busy's good. Uh, let's talk basketball for a second. Jordan was in. He was great as he always is when he stops by for a little bit. Alex, the. Uh, it's been a struggle, but now here come the home games. Five out of seven to end the season. Bryce Workman's back uh, tonight. I told uh, Jordan I thought he ought to play 40 minutes. Uh, Jordan I, said I'm surprised he shared that. I was <laughs> wondering if I should. <laughs> he, did, he, he did share that he's back, and he said he won't start the game, but he's going to be in probably pretty early. Um, but this is, an important, this is an important seven games. This is yeah. an important stretch now. Important, very important. Yeah, it's been, um, it's been a struggle. Um, it's been up and down. Um, and obviously we had a, a good fall. Uh, non-league, and then we had uh, some some bad breaks, yeah. um, literally. Uh, and yeah. and but 
it's all about how you play in February. And, you know, we have some guys coming over that hill that will help us. Yeah. Um, and Bryce Workman being a six-year senior, a lot of presence there offensively and defensively um, will really help. And I think, obviously, he's great for – it's great for him. Yeah. Um, but I think psychologically, too, for the rest of the guys to see Bryce Workman back playing, it's going to lift them up, too. And eight and one at home. I mean, that's got to give such confidence that, look, there is a path here yep. for us to get a respectable seed and make some noise in the tournament. Yeah, I agree. And uh, Jordan has uh, won a lot of games at home in his three years. Uh, I told him the other day um, he's something like 30 and eight at home during his time. And I told him the other day he was like 26 and eight with Bryce in the lineup, and he didn't know that. So I don't know if that made him happy or, or, or angry, but uh, yeah. Bryce helps us too. So home, home court really helps. Um, you know, in this league, if you look at the splits, a lot more, I think it's probably 70, 75% of uh, the, the, the games the home team wins. So it's good to be back home in Swisher. And one of the best things I think about Jordan, Alex, is he's the same when the team's really successful and when the team's struggling, he's the same person. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and he's, he's an unbelievable mentor for these guys. I listened to Bryce uh, talk to Gary Smith the other day in an interview, and he shared that Jordan's like a father to him. And Bryce has been here a long time. He's had a lot happen. Uh, and so, yeah, they're, they're looking for basketball coaches, but a lot of the time coaches spend so much time with these young men and women that they become more than that, and they should become more than that. You know, they're mentoring them. They're trying to help them grow up and go on and do big things after college, and that's Jordan's number one goal is to take these guys and, and help them grow as people. Um, and obviously they're pl playing basketball along the way and hopefully winning some games, but to see the, the transformation from – you know, we'll use Bryce again from him as a freshman to him now as a six-year senior. Uh, a lot of credit to Jordan there. It's, it, it's the obvious question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. you got to get in that tournament. So this, mm -hmm. is, this is the really critical – it starts tonight. starts tonight. But it's a critical stretch, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. And you know what? We've – since Stetson, we've played better. Yeah. Uh, now, we haven't – you know, we haven't won every game. Right. Um, but, you know, we're in we, – we could have beaten Kennesaw. You know, we lost by two points the other night at Lipscomb. We beat Austin P last week. And so I think the basketball's been better. Um, and now you got to go. Now you got to win some games. And you're right. You know, it's sort of a, a seven game season now, one game at a time. Um, and you got to get in that tournament. And as you know, if you get in that tournament, anything can happen. Do you guys have tickets available for tonight? We do. If somebody's driving around, they've never experienced it, uh, how do they go about getting tickets? What's the cost of, of a ticket to get in? Yeah, I think it's a $15 ticket walk-up. Um, and you just drive on to Jacksonville University's campus, Swisher Gym's about the second or third building on the left. Um, walk right up to the ticket window. There should be seats available tonight. Um, probably not many, but some available. And as the season goes, you know, with Stetson and – and Florida, this is Central Arkansas, so not as familiar of right. an opponent locally, but you, you, you close with Stetson, Florida Gulf Coast, North Florida. Those tickets might not be as available. Makes perfect sense. Baseball starts not this weekend, but next weekend. Next. How excited are you? It'll be, it, it should be a good, good season again. I think we were, today the rankings came out. We were picked third. Evan Crest, preseason pitcher of the year. 
open with 13 straight at home um, with Cincinnati, a three-game set uh, next Friday night. Uh, Chris always does a good job with his schedule, getting the guys ready for league play. It's a tough baseball league, uh, but I think we've, uh, we've got a real chance this year. We've got good arms. Um, it's going to be exciting as it always is. Yeah, baseball, baseball is interesting because baseball is a sport – where the JU's of the world really can compete. I mean, JU's been in a bunch of NCAA tournaments. Sixteen. Well, yes, yeah, sixteen. Sixteen times JU's been in the NCAA tournament. I mean, people, and this has been this is a program with some heritage now. So, so, and 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 by the way, I don't. This is no knock on basketball or some of the other sports, but the odds are stacked more against the basketball program, just the way that the sport is. Yep. Baseball, good base, good JU baseball team since Chris has been here, since you've been here have not only been in the tournament, but Alex done well in the in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, yeah. I think Chris has been to. You take out COVID, I think COVID year. I think he's been two two regionals in six years. Won yeah. a regular season championship. Yeah. Gotten at large bid. Won forty games. Yeah. You know, was a two seed. Had Florida on the ropes. In had 18, him on the ropes. Yeah. Uh, in the regional, in that second game. So, yeah, we've got a real opportunity there. Obviously, it helps being in Florida. Um, there's Jacksonville's a great, obviously, baseball town. Uh, and a, a, I would say sixty sixty five percent of our kids are. Um, from Florida, and 50% are probably from North Florida. Follow-up to that question. You mentioned Evan Crest is the preseason A-Sun Pitcher of the Year. He's really good. How did, he, how, how did he not wind up at Tennessee or Florida State? I'm serious. I mean, how did, he, how, did he, how, did, how did you – because with all due respect, we've had this talk, you and I have had it, Nick and I have had it over at UNF, Hayes and I have had it, um, uh, Joe Merck and I have had it, TP and I used to have it. In today's, today's day and age, a really good player at JU-UNF, Winds up at FSU or Georgia. Mm-hmm. You guys, that's got to be a real win that he didn't real leave, win. right? Absolutely. And he was drafted out of high school. Yeah. Um, and he was a Friday night guy. Yeah. His first as, year. As a freshman. As a freshman. Sub-2 ERA. Yeah. Second team All-American. All the things that you would believe. And if would, you've seen him pitch, he's all that. Yeah. Tough kid. You would believe, yeah. He's, he's your sort of story about a guy that transfers up. But – uh, I would say he's a he's got the the Ju toughness sort of that blue collar yeah, approach yeah. to himself, um, trying to prove people, and he never wavered. Um, obviously, we've we've been able to uh, help Evan, you know, scholarship wise and, and making it more comfortable for him to be at Ju. But that's that's what you got to do in, in right. college athletics, and and you know what Evan is somebody who has really bought into the culture to what Chris is all about. We also hired a, a new pitching coach, Justin Pope, who came from the Marlins organization, who drafted Evan out of ah, high school, and so uh, those several things that 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 sort of came together. Uh, but I think at the end of the day, uh, Evan loves Ju. Evan loves his teammates. Evan's going to be our Friday night guy again, and we're excited to see him out there. What are some other success stories in the athletic department that you're excited about that's uh, occurred? Yeah, I think um, men's and women's lacrosse open up here this weekend. Uh, the women uh, open here against the University of Michigan, uh, number 11 or number 10 Michigan. The men go up and play in Maryland against Binghamton. Both teams are always right there uh, in the top 20 in the country. Our women are, are – repeating uh they are looking to repeat for about i think six or seven tournaments in a row as a sun champions uh and the men have beaten duke these last two years who duke was the national finalist last year so both those programs have been hugely successful um and they kick off this weekend as well so not to mention softball and the golfs and 
and rowing and, and all our other spring sports get going too. Well, spring's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I mean it, it, you've always told us that, but it's crazy because winter's still going on. Yep. Yes. That's right. Basketball's still in, yeah. in full swing. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned Jacksonville's a great baseball area, and I think most people know that. What about lacrosse? Is, is this area growing for that? Growing. Yeah, it, it absolutely is. I think um, when we got here, when I got here uh, now close to a decade ago, it was at the beach. Um, it was over in Ponte Vedra. You're now seeing it become more popular um, inside Jacksonville. There's more, there are more kids playing um, in, in you know, the Riverside area, the San Marco area, all over North Florida and all over Florida. I think it's growing generally. And not only is it growing, but it's getting more competitive in this area as well. Bowles is a really good team. Um, you know, Ponte Vedra is obviously good. Episcopal's come a long way. And I think a lot of that has to do with um, our men's program being here. I think, you know, our, our, our coaches get involved, our student athletes get involved in what's going on in the local lacrosse community. We have local clubs uh, come up and play on our field on Tuesday or Wednesday night every week. Um, and so I think we've helped with that growth, but I think generally, yeah, lacrosse is, is, is growing everywhere. Alex, is the, uh, is, the, is the league stable now? I mean, the, the Atlantic Sun is one of those leagues because of its nature that's always going to be fluid. Yeah. Teams coming in, teams. Is, is it more fluid than it's been in a while, do you think? Or, I mean, I'm more stable than it's been in a while or not? Uh, yeah, I, th I mean, we're losing Kennesaw. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not sure if. Where are they going? I didn't know that. They're going to Conference USA. Oh, they're oh. playing FBS football. football. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Okay. Oh, well. Like Jacksonville State and Liberty did. So, um, and we're bringing in University of West Georgia. Okay. Um, I, I don't know if. Stability is a, a, a word I would use in the college athletics landscape. <laughs> no, you're just, right. You you're just, you you're just right. don't wrong, know. Wrong word. But, I mean, yeah. are, are fewer teams leaving than in the past? I, I think guess so, yeah. And I think it's very competitive. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, um, competing with Eastern Kentucky and, and North Alabama and Central Arkansas is different than competing with NJIT. Yeah. Um, NJT is a great school, but those big state schools in the southeast they that play FCS football and a lot of some of them now are playing FBS football. They're pouring a lot into it, and so the league has gotten more competitive, and we're doing our best to keep up. You always give us such a great national perspective on issues, and since we talked to you last, we've seen the SEC and Big Ten kind of get together and say we're going to form an advisory committee. Anything that you look beyond that of, of is this the start of the SEC Big Ten breaking away or is this simply we're forming a committee to try and get some guardrails in of how we're going to, you know, continue to operate in an NIL portal world? Yeah, I mean, I, I think those two leagues are where the bulk of the money is. So I think it's good if they form an advisory committee. I think we've done a lot of that over the years, um, formed a lot of committees um, that some have proven fruitful others haven't but those two leagues together having conversations I think is important um, because they're going to bring the rest of us along um, and if if we want division one to stay together which I do think most people do most schools do um, I think the the mid-majors are going to have to make concessions and be okay with certain uh, compensatory converse, uh, conversations, you know, potential employment conversations, what that could look like, bringing an NIL in-house. Like, the gap's already big, Hayes, 
um, there's already a huge discrepancy between budgets and what kids are provided and what kids aren't provided at, at other levels that this is just another layer to add to it and, and what it might do what it could do is help avoid or mitigate some of the legal battles that are being fought and most of the legal bills are being placed on the SEC and the Big Ten because that's where the lawyers know all the money is and so I think it's important that uh, those conversations are being had and I think we as JU or UNF or Stetson have to be okay with them being able to do certain things that they want to do if we want to stay together because they already can do certain things that we can't do um, and this is just the next step because the revenues are big uh, at, the, at that level and at those schools and I think it's okay to start that ball rolling. Coming back to basketball, are the student tickets always sold out? Because every time we're in Swisher, it seems like they are. It's fun. It's a fun environment. <laughs> yeah, yeah they, they love to come and, and support the, the team, and they've really gotten into it. I think uh, Coach has done a good job. He talks to everybody on campus. He's very approachable. He's, he encourages other teams. He supports other teams. He supports other students. I think our guys are out there and, and getting involved on campus. And um, our biggest – our biggest sort of asset is our people and our kids and our, our campus sort of being close-knit. And uh, they love to support their basketball team. I expect them to be there tonight again. They will. Lauren asked uh, Jordan, did you hear the students? He goes, oh, yeah. He said, he said, he said I even hear what they're saying. It's probably inappropriate sometimes, but I hear it anyway. So Central Arkansas, JU tonight at Swisher. Can't wait to watch it. It's going to be a packed house. The students are awesome. Alex, thanks for stopping by. Thanks for having me, y'all. More in a moment. This is 1010XL and 92.5 FM. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. It's an old rock Thursday. Music, the way it should be, or at least used to be, on The Frangie Show. Billy man, come on. Six o'clock news, see somebody been shot. Somebody's been abused, somebody blew up a building, somebody stole a car, somebody got away, somebody didn't get too far, yeah, they didn't get too far. Grandpappy told my pappy back in my day. I couldn't stop before Willie goes. I couldn't start before Willie went, could you? You got to wait for Willie to get going. Absolutely. That is is Toby Keith and Willie Nelson. Uh, Toby Keith today on Old Rock Thursday. Uh, a lot of people weighed in, by the way, before Alex got here about the movie. Yep. One, two, three, four. <laughs> all knew it was who five. They all knew it was Hoosiers. Strat make it a good one. Um, and by John tells me that Jimmy's first words are, I don't know if it'll make any change, but I believe it's time for me to start playing ball. Yeah, yeah, and then he says one thing. Good call. Yeah, so well done, John. By the way, was there a prize associated with if anyone knew? No prize. No prize. <laughs> <laughs> Frank has to be your butler. Right, 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 right. right. So, uh, so a lot of people didn't seem to know that one. So thank you for weighing in. And one other person weighed in that uh, uh, the old, and I forgot, he said, I'm an old guy. So my Clifford weighed in. So my Clifford. He said Brian's song, the original Brian song, uh, was just great. fantastic. Yeah, was with, really with James Caan and Billy yeah. D. Williams uh, is, is Brian Piccolo and Gail Sayers, respectively. Billy D. Williams is Gail Sayers. Oh. If you haven't, have you seen the mm-hmm. Billy D. Williams is Gail Sayers. Yeah. It's one of the best performances ever. I mean, it was so it was a made-for-TV movie. Mm-hmm. It was an hour, It was made for TV on ABC. They used to do made-for-TV movies, and it became a classic that then went to the theater. I mean, you don't see that. You don't see that transition very often. I was gonna say that's. I 
I can't think of uh, another example. Maybe the only one. It might be the greatest yeah. made-for-TV movie of all time. Probably, probably was. Probably was. Yeah. Probably I mean, was. we've had mini series like yeah. Lonesome Dove, yeah. and things, but and in terms of just uh, yeah, but a standalone yeah. hour and a half movie, it was unbelievable. It was well acted. It was well written. It was. I mean, it was really, really good. So that was a, a very good. Really movie. touching. Yeah, I mean, it was really touching. And so, um, so by the way, uh, my friend uh, uh, Jamal Sansier from from Channel Four from uh, TV Four came out and did a thing on the Reagan Baseball Complex. He went to your home away from home. He did. <laughs> He did, and he uh, he came and called it that. As a matter of fact, so uh, did he? yeah. So, <laughs> so, uh, but he, uh, but he, certainly, I want to. If people get a chance, it it uh, it'll. It's about ten minutes on um, Twitter, and then uh, the t- on TV tonight it'll be more the three three minute version on on the sports tonight. But uh, I was able to give him a tour of the park, and uh, so so if you get a chance to That's check awesome. it out, I'll, I'll retweet cool. it. Very so cool. It really was cool. So uh, I do want to remind you next week, uh, the first ever tournament there. The uh, and again, it's a city initiative. The city of Jacksonville was kind enough to to build it. To fund it, we certainly funded part of it and helped fund part of it and helped design it and helped be part of it. But we're we're certainly uh, proud of it. And uh, everybody will see it. Again, Lauren, you got to see it last week. Hayes, you saw it in its infancy. You won't recognize it now. Yeah, I can't wait. So we'll be out there next week. We'll be out there all five days next week. So, and I really am looking forward to it. We're very proud of what it's become and very proud of uh, every part of it. So that comes up the next week. Hayes, are you good at cornhole? If I've had – yeah, I'm I'm streaky. Okay. So, like – There will be cornhole at the new park. Okay. I was going to say after a couple of drinks, I don't know that, like uh, – um, I don't know that it will be – that will be the, the, the forum yeah. for it. But, uh, but yeah, I can get – I'm, I'm weird with stuff like that. Yeah. Like, I can – I either won't hit anything or yeah. I'll or I'll be on fire. Yeah. Like, there's no one between with yeah. me. The, uh, the, the cornholes in the outfields at the, the, the Best Bet Fun Zones, our, our friends from the Best Bet were, were kind enough to sponsor that. There will be because um, there wasn't going to be gambling. Yeah, right, that's <laughs> right. But the uh, it was kind of funny. So I, I took people around to the uh, to the best bet fun zones, to the uh, Baker Sports bullpens, to the uh, Nimnik Family of Dealerships uh, picnic area. People said, "Boy, you know, I probably could have guessed some of those <laughs> if, you, <laughs> if you've listened to this show long enough. You probably could have guessed." But uh, our uh, the people that sponsor has sponsored the stuff we've done have been very loyal over the years. So. So we're very, very excited about and that. And do your umpires that always donate their time, do they realize that it's moved from San Susi? They do. They do. <laughs> they, they, they actually do. Fran and our, our JUA friends uh, will, will be out there. They do a fantastic job. Uh, RJ, the Boston Celtics are 39-12. and 12. Did you know that? Did you heard? Sadly, you heard I do. 39. They, they, have, they have not just the best record in the NBA by far. They are, they are four games clear of anybody else in the association. I mean, they are by far the best team. And, uh, and getting Porzingis kind of put them over the top. They didn't have the big guy to go with every, with Tatum and all that other good stuff. They have Jalen Brown. RJ, I think it's the coolest. I'm going to root hard for them. And, and before you get too mad at me, when the, when the Lakers were good a few years ago and won, won in, the, in the bubble, I rooted hard for them. I just think it's – which is your team, of course. I just think it's cool when these historic legacy teams rear their head. I, I'm not an NBA guy. But, but RJ, I think I'm going to get caught up in it a little bit. Because uh, I think it's – I like the fact that the – and I feel the same way about the Lakers. I like the fact that the Celtics are, like, really, really good. The NBA is always great when the historic teams are really yeah. good. And and I think we're we're starting to see that just a little bit with the New York Knicks, the Boston Celtics. Um, even the Indiana Pacers are having, you know, some sort of resurgence as well. But the Boston Celtics, you know, top to bottom, it looks like they really have uh, a, a deep roster. I mean, of course, you also have, you know – the defending champion Denver Nuggets, who will have something to say about that, but to have the uh, historic team such as the Boston Celtics, who really haven't 
been this dominant of a team um, in quite some time. I, I know for NBA fans, um, it just has to be a spectacular thing, and, and it gets eyes on the TV for the NBA. Is this also the best ever – tell me, you know, you know the league better than anybody I know. Is this the best ever non-LeBron Cavs team? Non-LeBron Cavs. Is it the, now, and, again, they, the Mark Price, Craig Elo teams were good. They now, that's what I was Jordan. thinking about. I was thinking about, they, you know, Doherty and Mark yeah, Price, yeah. Craig Elo. Yeah, the, Mar- the Mark Price-Elo Ron teams Harper. were really, Yeah. You're right, you're right. The Mark Price-Elo teams were very good. In fact, right. if, if, they, if Jordan hadn't existed, they might have won titles. Maybe but this team, but this team's thirty-three and sixteen. Again, I don't know the league. I don't. I don't know. I don't know today's association, but they must be pretty dang good. They're one of the best records in the league, right? Currently on a seven-game winning streak. Um, Donovan Mitchell. That's really going to be the big question this offseason. Does he want to stay in Cleveland or does he want to go elsewhere? You're hearing his name now, potentially this summer. There's a certain idiot team, <coughs> Lakers, that want to uh, acquire his, you know, talents this offseason. But, you know, that's a that's a young team as well that I think they've pieced themselves together really well. You have Evan Mobley, you have uh, Darius Garland, and also Donovan Mitchell. That That's a great three to have. And you also have, you know, guys um, on that roster who are very, very good and very talented themselves. So um, that Cleveland team may be the best Cleveland team. Um you know, that doesn't have LeBron James on the roster, and that's uh, very crazy to say because LeBron spent about 120 right. years there. Um, but, no, this, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a it's very – It's certainly one of them. Yeah, it's uh, certainly one of them. Certainly one of the best of all time without – but, again, the Price Elo team is a really good team. Yeah, RJ, well, you've got a basketball show coming out, right? Tell us about that. Oh, yeah. Um, so, uh, Open Gym um, is going to be a basketball show here on 1010XL and 92.5 FM on Sundays. Uh, just getting into uh, the weeds of what's going on around the NBA. We're heading into all-star break. Um, there's going to be a lot to talk about there. And um, just hopefully have a good show uh, on Sundays, and hopefully everyone listens. I think it'll be fantastic. RJ, RJ loves the association. He's a damn good radio guy. I think you're going to crush that thing, RJ. I can't wait to listen. I mean that very sincerely. So I certainly – there'll be one listener because I'll be listening. I think all of us will be listening. So we're really glad you're doing that. What time on Sunday? 11 o'clock. Never okay, just want to remind people. One of the basketball note: you watched Auburn, Alabama last night. What'd you take out of that? Auburn is uh, really hitting their stride now. I mean, you could look at it this way and say, well, they played so great against their arch rival, so maybe they'll take their foot off the gas a little bit coming to Gainesville. But Bruce Pearl and Todd Golden know each other so well that, and, and it's Florida, and Bruce Pearl is. That's a. I think when Bruce Pearl sees that logo, it 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 sparks him, and so I think. Florida's got a really tough putt on Saturday against Auburn. Now they're three and three on the road. Last night's game was at Auburn, but their length and height and defense—I mean, it just overwhelmed the Crimson Tide. And Alabama, I think, is is got a lot of talent, but they were sort of exposed for th- they cannot handle teams that are really big in the front court. And so that kind of gave me at least some hope that Florida can get the split because they have two games remaining against Alabama because Florida's big. I mean, we talk about Poland and Clayton, uh, the two guards having great years, but, you know, between Samuel and Han Logden and Condon, Florida's ta- – I mean, Florida rarely has a lineup on the court that isn't big. Really big. And, 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 and seeing them up close and personal, they're, they're big, big. Yeah, so I kind of have less confidence. I think earlier in the week I said I think Florida beats Auburn. I'm a little more hesitant on that, but but now having seen what happened and, and, and really 
again, Alabama, it, this became such, this be, has become such an issue for Nate Oates that Chase Goodbread, who used to work here for the Times Union, now uh, writes columns uh, in covering the Crimson Tide. I mean, he wrote an open letter to Nate Oates saying, you've got to go find a power forward. Like, you're just, they're just not big enough, as talented as they are. And so uh, you hope that Florida, of, of the two games they have against Alabama and Saturday's home game against Auburn, they just need to win one of those three games. So it gives me some hope that they'll get one of them. It just may not be. I thought they'd get – I thought they'd beat Auburn at home and probably get swept by Alabama. Now I think they might win the home game against Alabama, lose Saturday, and lose at Alabama. Yeah. Did you watch any of the game last night, Frank? Not a bit. Okay. So, the Hayes, to me, the Auburn atmosphere was insane. Absolutely. Yeah, they're crazy at home now. They're really crazy. crazy. And, and it's not a big capacity. No. It's like about, I think, 9,000 or so. Florida's going to have to try to replicate some of that craziness to, to try to beat Auburn. Yeah. But Jalen Williams and Janiah Broom are so talented. Yeah, and I, I think the, Auburn's a way better team at home, by the way. They're, yeah. they're one of those teams that are exceptionally good at like home. Like we said, I mean, Auburn's 3-3 three and three on, on the road. So yeah. they haven't been great. And they're 1-3, and three, although they, well, they won last night. So they're 2-3 and three in quad one games, which isn't – I mean, they're not some extraordinary yeah. team, but they're, they're very good. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how Florida – Florida's bigs match up against Auburn's. I, I would think Saturday, uh, I would think it's going to be electric in that, in that building for Florida. Because, again, Gator fans, I mean, when Bruce Pearl comes in, I still think that resonates. I mean, again, yeah, it does. he was pretty good against those title teams. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's been a nemesis for a while. Yeah, he's a really good he's coach. He's a really good coach. Really and good. so, I mean, he's, uh, I think Florida fans love to, uh, to go and boo Bruce Pearl's teams and uh, you know, and, and cheer on their team to, to beat them. So I think the crowd won't be a problem Saturday. Florida will have the crowd, but that is a tough opponent that's rolling in on Saturday based on how they – if Auburn plays even near how well they played the other night, uh, it, it'll be really difficult for Florida. But, again, Auburn was at home. Now they're going on the road. We'll take a break. When we come back, Lauren wraps the program from JU with news and notes. Stay with us. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. What's going on in the world? It's time for Frangie Show News and Notes. Here's Lauren Brooks. I'll bet you never heard old Marshall Dillon say, Miss Kitty, have you ever thought of running away? Settling down, would you marry me? If I ask you twice and beg you pretty please She'd have said yes in a New York minute They never tied a knot God was a minute He just stole a kiss as he rode away He never hung his hat up at Kitty's place I should have been a cowboy I should have learned Toby Keith today on Old Rock Thursday Yes, more old country Thursday, but it doesn't matter when we lose someone great like Toby Keith. Gotta pay him tribute. And this is the song. This is my favorite song. It's it's, it's one of the anthems, right? Yeah, absolutely. It, it, I think this is his anthem for sure. Yeah. It's his first one. His first, first Okay. I didn't, I didn't know Thomas Thomas that. I didn't realize that. Yeah. I, I'm, I love this song. He had uh, 20 number one hits. I saw there's 20 on the country charts. That's a lot. Yeah, and uh, 40, 40 singles or something. Like that. The 20 number 20. The number 20 number one. Right. That's a lot. I mean, number one. No, I mean, it went to number one on the chart. So, love this song. 
Absolutely, me too. Well done today on the playlist. All right, just a reminder, tonight the Hall of Fame class of 2024 for pro football will be announced. Antonio Gates, Julius Peppers, Devin Hester, Tory Holt, Reggie Wayne, Jared Allen, Patrick Willis, Fred Taylor. Those are just amongst the names. Dwight Perini. Uh, that are on the ballot and have made it as the 15th semi-finalists or finalists, I should say. And so we will find out 9 o'clock tonight. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited for Fred. I hope he gets in. And if he doesn't get in this time, there's no doubt. His first time as a finalist, sometimes it's hard to get in on your first crack at it as a finalist. But I am convinced that if he doesn't get in this time, Fred Taylor uh, ultimately is going to the Hall of Fame. I truly believe that. Yeah, I completely agree. I don't know that it's tonight, but I do think it's going to happen in the next three, four years. Yeah, I totally agree. Tom Brady said on his Let's Go podcast this week, he's surprised that the greatest coach ever, a.k.a. Bill Belichick, doesn't have a job. Then on WFAN, Boomer and Geo, WFAN, uh, Boomer Esiason said that he believes or was told that Arthur Blank did offer Belichick a job. Yeah, that's interesting. I didn't know that because all the, the narrative has been everywhere you look is that Rich McKay and the, the front office that exists pushed back, that they didn't want to lose their jobs. And I, and I think Albert Breer was the one that wrote that, or a lot of people have implied that. Yeah, and, and that would make sense. And, and again, both, re both reports could be accurate. It could be <clears> – <throat> Arthur Blank did offer Bill Belichick the job to coach the team. Right. But he was never going to be in charge of personnel, which was in all likelihood a deal breaker for Belichick. No, I've, I've had control of personnel my whole you know, existence in New England. I want it here. Uh, that's how I operate. I'm not going to just coach the team and be told who my players are, uh, which obviously would, would lead to the deal not happening. But I'm with Tom. I mean, I, I, I still am surprised Belichick didn't get hired. I, I think – Again, I, I think we talked about this a week or so ago. I think a, a lot of weak owners here, uh, and I think they're going to regret not hiring Bill Belichick. And you know, it, it's it's interesting to me to see what becomes of him now because now sitting out, I don't know that he ever is going to get back in. Yeah, we will find out. I'm guessing a year from now whether or not he has a job. NFL PA uh, executive director Lloyd Howell said 92% of the union wants natural grass fields as opposed to artificial turf. Yeah, and, and that's not a surprise. That, that, that's the world we're in. I, mean, the, the, I think today's artificial turf isn't that different than grass. Our, uh, yesterday's artificial turf used to be a carpet on cement. But the, I think now the artificial turf of today is pretty dang close. But, yeah, I get it. It's still not as safe as grass, I would imagine. This is why the owners – are always going to dominate the collective bargaining agreement negotiations with the players because the players get wrapped up on this. And, and the owners aren't going to change anything until they have to. So what are the owners going to do? They will allow it to be a concession in the next CBA of, yes, and we'll go to all grass fields. Uh, but, but that's what's, what's going to take place. And the players will feel like, well, we have won the deal because now all the fields are going to be grass, and the owners will say, well, we really won the deal because we're going to get to keep a lot more of the billions than the players are. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, in an interview on the Paul Feinbaum show, SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey said the partnership with the Big Ten would not act unilaterally, but would instead be focused on creating a more streamlined approach to identifying solutions to college football's biggest issues, including the college football playoff, NIL, and, of course, all of the ongoing litigation facing college athletics. Yeah, and that's all good. <laughs> um, uh, I, I think there's going to be – It speaks to my naive soul. Yeah, two conferences are going to make the rules. That's the, I, that, there's your thesis statement, period. I think in, in two conferences are going to hoard all the money. I mean, again, I think this is – it's all been about that. 
and I think it's it's only moving towards that because the SEC and Big Ten now that they've now that really the Big Ten has put its you know childish you know antics behind them with new leadership and, and professional leadership you know now I think you've got two entities willing to work together and they look at it and they they say we're providing 90 percent of this entertainment so why are we having to split so much of the pie that doesn't make any sense so again you'll never convince me this isn't the first step to the SEC and the Big Ten having some kind of merger where they break away and say we're doing our own thing with our teams maybe they add maybe they don't and they are going to hoard the money. I, I just I don't think there's any way around it because they they st- now you almost stand to lose hundreds of millions of dollars by not doing it. It's so clear the money that's out there for them to gain. So by not acting, they're basically turning their nose up at hundreds of millions of dollars, which no one's ever going to do. So this is again the first domino to then they'll be they'll. There'll be steps along the way, and Sankey will say all the things about this is no, it's really it's it's just we're, we're trying to do this. This they're going to break away and form basically uh, a, a level of professional football unlike anything we've seen in collegiate athletics. Frank, in the world of Major League Baseball, the Rays gave their president Eric Neander and manager Kevin Cash contract extensions today. And you know what? I mean, if I had, if I spent the money they spend. And shipped off the players to ship off, and those two son of a guns keep winning the way they do. You can't pay them enough. I mean, I mean, and by the way, I was convinced both of those guys would go make more money and mm-hmm. go, would wind up with the Yankees, Dodgers, whoever. Good for them for being loyal to to the Rays. There, there's not a team in baseball that wouldn't take that GM and that manager. What kind of money do they make? I, I don't even know. It's a good what would question. you guess? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I would he, I would. Be, I mean, baseball. Baseball management money isn't like other sports. Like three million a year? I would guess maybe a little north of that, but not I a whole lot. I would think more like five. Yeah, but, but they don't have anybody making like fifteen million a year. No, no, I wouldn't think. Yeah, so um, that I don't know. I don't know yeah. the, the uh, but 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 they're both good now. They're they are. I'll say this: oh, yeah. the Rays, the <laughs> the way they run people off left and right, the way you can never get the, the bad stadium, the low money. Boy, they're good. I, I saw Mark Topkin put out. The projections. Did you see this? I did not. Projections for the, the he he he. And he's the Rays beat writer. He read it from somewhere or, or somewhere took it from somewhere, but it had them fourth out of five, and they projected to be fourth in the East. It had Yankees one, Blue Jays two, Orioles three, Rays four, and whoever I missed Red, Red, Red Sox five. I'll bet they're not fourth. Uh, somehow, some way, they, they won't. You. I'll bet they won't be fourth. Would, it's wild that the Blue Jays yeah. were second. Well, this is just Yankees someone projecting. Yeah. yeah. Well, and here, look, look, I'm glad you brought this up. What in the heck is happening with the Red Sox? Yeah. I don't know that yeah. I've ever in my lifetime right. seen an organization that was on such a pedestal, right. had such a high profile, and now they are irrelevant. Right. I mean, what has happened to it the Boston wild. Red Sox? I saw Netflix is going to do an in-season documentary on the Red Who cares right, about right, the Red Who right. wants to watch an in-season documentary right. about the Red Sox? Yeah. They're terrible. They don't have anybody. They trade yeah. Mookie Betts. It's like yeah. I, I've, I don't think I've seen an entity fall off as much in the sports no. landscape as the Boston Red Sox no, have over the last 10 years. No team in the history of sport would ever again give away a player as good as Babe Ruth. <laughs> Except. Until the same team did it 100 <laughs> years later, okay? I mean, you know, I mean, really, no team would ever do it until the same team did it again. I mean, 
how do you trade Mookie Betts? They traded him. I mean, they're, and they're not the Rays or the Pirates or the Royals who have no money. Right. right. They traded him. And to hear, I think, Gibby say they didn't really get anything of no. consequence. Alex like, Verdugo. That's who they got. They got Alex Verdugo. How, did that do anything for you? So not, no. you not only traded him, you got swindled in the deal. Right, right. Absolutely. Uh, RJ, final thing in news and notes. Will the statue that's being unveiled tonight for Kobe Bryant, will that make the podcast? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, uh, can't talk about basketball, at least with me, unless we talk about Kobe Bryant. So uh, absolutely a big day in Los Angeles. Um, can't wait to see uh, what the statue is. And I think this is uh, just a big day kind of uh, in Lakers basketball lore. Definitely kind of a day that we won't forget to be able to, to honor one of the greatest of all time. Absolutely, and of course, there is local basketball tonight. We are here at JU. JU plays host to Central Arkansas, tipping off at 7 p.m., and UNF across town plays host to North Alabama, also tipping off at 7 p.m. Let's say hello to Rick Ballou. Now, the two-minute drill, brought to you by Tire Outlet. Tire Outlet is now hiring. Visit tireoutlet.com slash careers, equal opportunity employer. Rick Ballou joins us on the yeah. show. Hayes was just lamenting the fact that uh, what happened to the Red Sox. You don't know because you don't follow it anymore, Rick. <laughs> but, it, but, it, but seriously, it is surprising that that stable of a franchise traded away Mookie Betts and let it all go. I mean, seriously, it's, it's, a, it's kind of bizarre, isn't it? Well, it absolutely is because they had a great run before they made the move. Uh, they right. had just won another one. They were on the, uh, uh, on the cusp of uh, being in position to, to win again. But, you know, they literally became small market. And they started selling off pieces. They, they got absolutely nothing in the Mookie Betts trade. They, they thought that Jeter Downs was going to be, you know, the talk of the town. He's not even part of the organization anymore. But yeah, th- this is how I've taken it. And it doesn't mean that this is how all Bostonians take it. But when they won it in 2004, I was basically on my hands and knees saying, this is all I wanted. I wanted my dad to see it. I wanted my mom to see it. It was 86 years. You won it. I'll never ask again. Well, they went ahead and won four in 18 years. So I think it makes it a little bit easier. Um, It's still an incredibly passionate town. But that's what I say to myself. Like the Bruins, for instance, to me is much worse because the Bruins have only won one Stanley Cup since 1972. And they've lost plenty of Stanley Cup finals. So... To me, that's the difference, but I, you know, I, th- I think that's the way I look at it now with the Boston Red Sox. All right, I get it. What's coming up tonight on the program? We got right? all that. Uh, we got a lot of good stuff coming up tonight. Much on the Hall of Fame. Uh, they spent a lot of time on that. Another live report uh, coming from the uh, the Super Bowl. We'll check the very latest on the the money there. And I got a little something I want to start with on the Jaguars that I I think is um, intriguing. Is it surprising? No, not necessarily. But once again. Uh, they find a way to pick on our pretty city, and it always boils my blood. I think it will do the same to some of our listeners. All right. Sounds good. Rick Blue is in tonight. Thank you, Rick. All right. All right. That'll just about do it for our program. do want to thank our friends from uh, JU for always having us out here. We have such a good time coming out here. Uh, JU or UNF, we go on those campuses before a basketball game. We have a big time, and that was no different tonight. I can promise you that. JU in Central Arkansas, they tip it in about an hour. You'll hear it on the AM here on 1010. Hey, we're out of here. Don't go anywhere, though. Rick Blue's up next. This is 1010XL and 92.5 FM.